One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Everybody just wants to be contented. Everyone wants to be happy. Right now is the most important moment. It's just so unfair on every child who doesn't have options. It's amazing how many unintelligent people look. They're not so astonished at it. What is the matter with these people? We're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Uh, yeah, I tell you, I got a text from my daughter about 20 past 8 this morning. She says, Dad! Dad! Yeah, can I enter? No, you can't. No, you can't. She already has her tickets for Slane and she went to see Stilesy in the summertime at the Aviva and she's there this morning going, I hate my father. I hate my father. He works at the bloody radio station so I can't win the prize. <laughs> it's the biggest one we've done in a while. This is fantastic. Sending you to see Harry Styles in Rio de Janeiro with all the trimmings. More details. Uh, throughout the morning and throughout the week. Good morning, Monday, and another fire. I don't know how many times this is now. Another fire. I woke up yesterday morning and I was looking through my phone, as you do on a Sunday morning, and I said, not another fire. I thought it was an old fire. I thought it was someone retweeting an old picture of an old fire at the Good Shepherd. But no, unfortunately, yet another fire at the Good Shepherd. And the question I asked myself was, hang on a cotton pick a minute here. It's got to be at least three years. In fact, it's longer. It's pre-COVID since they had to go ahead to build apartments there. So there hasn't been a shovel swung in anger yet. And I remember talking about objections to this and objections to that. So what is going on? And people up in arms about it around the north side because yet another fire at Good Shepherd. And it's only a matter of time they're saying here in the Echo and other places this morning before someone is badly hurt or worse. Local councillor Kenneth Collins joins me. Morning, Kenneth. Good morning, PJ. How are you this morning? Good. Let's address that one first. There was supposed to be development on this. The go-ahead was given on an apartment block four years ago. What's going on? 
Well, it's been lying idle there for the last four years. I believe it's on the derelict site in Cork City Council. Um, the owners of the property seem to just leave it there. Um, they got planning permission back in 2018. They had open meetings with the community and Tom Coleman facilitated that in the Brown Street and surrounding areas. I remember that. Um, and there was a lot of anger because, you know, they were going for a huge density. They were going up um, up over the houses on Blarney Street, which you could imagine is higher than the Good Shepherds. Yeah. But this is, the, there was actually a fire there last week as well. Um, it wasn't reported, but it was there last week as well. A half past three last Sunday morning, yesterday, right, right. The, it was a serious, serious blaze. And I suppose people in the community now are worried, you know, that... If it was a bad wind, would a spark fly over and hit their roof? And then all of a sudden you have a bigger problem on Blarney Street or Sunday as well, yeah. or Buxton Hill, you know. Yeah. You have youngsters getting in and the, de- the developers need to do something here. They need to either develop it or Cox City Council need to come in and do a CPO, start CPO proceedings. Which that could take 10 years, Kenneth, you know that. Like, I hear people talking about that, that that could take years. And end up in the it's, courts it's, costing with thousands and thousands and thousands, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe something has to be done here, you know. What, what, they're, what, they, what they went in for, they went in for huge um, huge apartments, over 900 people living in a small area as well. Well, I remember the objections at the village. time, and I remember the discussions we had here. And I'm thinking, I was thinking to myself at the time, if I was a developer, I'd be going, what the hell am I doing on myself? Do you know what I mean? Because the objections yeah. were coming from all from all fronts. Yeah, and there was there was a lot of lot of uh, energy and it put into the, it put into the objections. And because you have these all all little small little roadways, you know that mm. are that are surrounding it, like you know, and buses. There's no bus network there, and you're expected nine, over nine hundred people to live in this community. Probably below the care, and that's 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 what what was being bantered about here, like you know. But oh yeah. You know, what's going to happen is young, clearly it's young people going in there, they're drinking, they're getting into the building and they're setting fires. But yeah. you never know when it, someone oh, look, could get trapped we're only, within we're, that fire. We're, and it's only a matter of time. There have been so many fires there now. I've been up there myself in reporter days reporting on major fires. I stood in the Allens, the lovely people there, the Allens and Blarney That's Street. Right. I stood in yeah. their back, backyard and watched the fire brigade fighting one particularly bad fire over the years. You know, the other thing that I would be concerned about is that that is a site that is a site that is held in many people's memory as a burial ground. That's correct. There is a grave there, and just believed to be up to Turkey women there because the Magdalene laundries. That's, right. That's um, right. And many more could be there as well. And I've put a motion in with McNugent in the past, looking for. Uh, scan of the ground to be done before any uh, building is done there, you know, yeah. because you don't know what happened in the I past. remember that conversation you know. two a couple of years ago. Nothing ever happened there either. Did it? Nothing, 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 you know. And then you have Nelly Holy God, which is buried in there. That's right, you that's know, right. And so her house now is down in Spike Island. You can actually see it as part of the Spike Island exhibition where she lived down correct. there, you know. So a lot of history up there, Kenneth, and unfortunately a history of fires over the years. But another one at Good Shepherd. Thank you, Councillor Kenneth Collins of Sinn Féin calls for something to be done but what? Yes, the county or the city council could probably CPO it 
at a massive cost to the taxpayer and not just a massive cost to the taxpayer for buying the damn thing, a massive cost to the taxpayer for fighting the legal battle that would almost certainly ensue for trying to do it. But yet another fire and it's only a matter of time before there's something really bad happens there. I remember being up in, and lovely people up there in Blarney Street, the Allens, they, they let me out one morning onto their back patio so that I could see down into the the fire while the fire brigade were, were dealing with the, the, the last of it. It had been an awful fire, really damaging fire. And you can see from above just, just how derelict the whole place is at this stage. Sad that it happens again. 0818 96 96 96. And while all of that is going on, we have people with nowhere to live. And you've come to us because you are looking for help. But at the same time, you also want to talk a little bit about the budget which is coming this week. Your situation is that I think you are in a caravan park in East Cork. Yes, that's right. And how long have you been there? Uh, about six months. Okay. And it's in a tent, yeah? It was in a tent, yeah. yeah. Um, somebody, a friend of mine, gave us a loan of their, their caravan. Um, it's a small little caravan, but at least it's, it's, it's dry. <laughs> yes, yes. And with winter ahead, that's important. It's going to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know how long yeah, you're going to have it? No, no, I don't. I don't. What's your income situation? Do you have an income? I have. I'm on an invalidity pension and I'm on 213 euros a week. Um, I'm with a friend and he's on the same. Okay. Um, the caravan park cost is about 110, so that's what, 90 euros to to get food and live off of. Okay, so you pay 110 each for... Yes, each. Per week yeah. for, the, for the park. And per week, yeah. There's not much left out of that, is there? No, <laughs> not a lot, no. Do you have access to HAP or rent allowance or anything? We have access to HAP, but unfortunately we've been... I've been, and he's been on the phone every day um, putting in for houses and stuff and we're not getting anywhere. First of all, it's because we're not working. Mm. And second of all, they won't take the HAP payment. You'd be entitled to how much on HAP? Um, about 750 Okay, per month, which in East um, Cork is a good start, but not great. No. <laughs> but, but you say that the landlords don't even want to talk about it. No, they don't. They won't accept it. We're not getting anything back, nothing at all. No correspondence, no nothing. How does the conversation go? How far do you guess before they ask you about HAP? Uh, they just ask us. Actually, I think it's, uh, are we working? When I say no, they kind of go, oh. And then I say, look, we're entitled to the HAP payment. Mm. Do they ask why you're not working? Do you get to explain that, well, you can't actually work? Well, I can't work. I can't work because I'm on invalidity. I have um, mental health issues. Um, so um, John has, is on disability and um, he can work for 20 hours a week, but he has a problem with his back, so he can't work. Okay. And 
that's as far as the conversation gets with the landlord. Yeah, yeah. It's just so hard. It's 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 soul destroying when you're you know mm. you're trying to get a place and you're being turned down all the time. Yeah. Just because you're not working, you know, and it's it's unfair. We're trying. We do have a small income, you know. That's the point. Like if you had access to a place and you got. Yeah. the maximum hap they're entitled to, you could you could yeah. you could come up with a rent like between you. Yeah, yeah, we would come up. With, that's why we're we're, we're together because we said we do it together. That it would be easier and at least we could have everything. Yeah, the nights are drawing in upon us. They're they're getting colder. You must be dreading it. Yes, yeah. I am. I am because. Like it, it, it's very cold at night even now. Yeah. And once once it gets really cold, um, even a bottle of gas is so expensive, and it freezes in the winter time, yeah. and the water freezes. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to be tough. How much is that? It's, it's it's a while since I bought a bottle of gas. How much is it? It's, I'm the same. I actually don't know. There was gas in in, in the van. That's we have a little bit left. Yeah. But um, apparently it's gone really expensive. Yeah. The only time I ever used gas was in a barbecue and I bought a charcoal barbecue two or three years ago so I don't even know what gas costs now. Yeah. Yeah, most people only buy it for barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I needed to cook on I know. So you're dreading, dreading the winter and, and trying to yeah. get out of it. The situation with people refusing HAP, we hear this all the time. They just don't want to know. Yeah. No, they don't. Like I, I rented um, a house for twelve years w- w- with my my ex husband. I have a very good reference, yeah. very very good reference, and even with the reference, nothing. Nobody seems to want to touch HAP, even though it's guaranteed money no, into their account every month. It is. They pay the deposit and your first month's rent straight away. So like they're not losing out. But they're just not doing it any. They're just not doing it. People aren't doing it anymore. I, I, I don't know why. You could you could think about why all day, but wouldn't get you anywhere as yes. it were. Now yes. budget budget yes. is coming up this week, and and, and you don't oh. feel you'll benefit in any way. They're telling us this will be a budget with something for everybody that we'll all be reassured about the winter ahead. You're not feeling confident. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a bit confident about the budget. I just feel that I heard, I don't know whether I, I somebody told me that uh, we'd be getting 15 euros extra. 15 euros is, is not enough. Not for anybody on, like, the price of food. Everything has gone up. Yeah. And, like, 15 euros is pittance. Yeah. How do you manage for food? <laughs> That's a good one. Um, we kind of take our turns um, every week. One of us does the food and the other one does the washing and drying, you know, the machines that are in the supermarkets and stuff. Sure. Which which can work out very expensive. Yes, so it can. by the time by the time Thursday comes around I would be just waiting patiently for my money to come through because it's gone. There's a lot more week than there is money. There is, yeah. 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 And you don't you don't expect the budget to improve your situation in any way. No. I don't expect the budget to improve any anything, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, 
not for people like us. You know, it's all about people that are living in homes and all about the electricity and the oil and the gas and everything like that. But they're forgetting about the people that can't really afford it and haven't got the money to afford to to get it. Mm -hmm. And they're not, I don't think they're thinking that way. Like, if it's if it's fifteen euros, that's not going to buy gas. I think, I think it's about seventy or eighty euros now for a cylinder. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's expensive. You know, and, and and it's expensive. Yeah, so, you know, and and we don't know how long we're going to be here. Actually, we could end up sleeping in the car. Is that because the park could close for the winter or something? Yeah. Yeah. She's a lovely lady, so I'm hoping that, um, you know, she won't turn us out. I know. Yeah. And as she does, we can't do anything about it. Yeah. So it'll just be the car, which will, will be even colder. It's shocking. I mean, there's people on the streets as well that have nothing. I suppose I feel um, at least we have something. And I feel sorry for the people that are sleeping in doorways. Yeah. And that has nothing, you know. Um, Do you feel that if things continue to go the way they're going, that could be you soon? Yes, I do, yeah. Keep you awake at night, that, I'd say. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, it's, it's very hard. It's like mentally and physically, it's, it's very hard. Very, very hard. If the Minister for Finance or the Minister for Public Expenditure, either of the money men, Pascal or Michael, were listening to this conversation, what would you say to them? Particularly Michael, a fellow Corkman. I know. He actually used to be my (laughs) neighbour. Well, he he lived over the wall. Right. Um, I think they should consider, you know, the people that are on these payments and the people on the streets and help them as much as they can rather than saying, oh, it's a pension, we'll just put the pension up. But that it's not all about putting the pension up. It's the people that are on the pension have nowhere to go. Yeah. And it's not enough. It is not enough. And all I can do is wish you well. Thank you. And wish you luck. I hope that <laughs> the the person who whose park you're in will, will see their way to letting you stay there at least and that the little caravan you currently have, that you can hold yeah. on to it, and that you'll be able to afford your heat and your food. That That's all I can hope for you. Thank you. Sorry. No, you're okay. Emotional. You're okay. Thanks for speaking with me. Thank you so much. What do you say to that? 24 hours before a budget is announced, a budget that they're telling us, they're telling us we'll have as Tubbs might say, something for everybody in the audience. Um, but when the reality is put in front of you, some members of the audience lead, need a little bit more than others. In fact, some members of the audience need an awful lot more than others. That's just the situation in which Anne finds herself on the Good Shepherd. Why can't the council rezone the Good Shepherd uh, so no building works can ever take place? That would make the land useless to the now owners and then cost them to challenge it in court. Make it a recreational green space area for the community. That's from Craig. On HAP and listening to Anne, 
If you're a solicitor listening, or if there is a solicitor listening, and I'm sure we have many solicitors listening around the city, is it discrimination to refuse HAP? How much would it cost to take that case? Easy to see why landlords get away with it. It's a, it's a good point. HAP is guaranteed money into the landlord's bank account. Guaranteed. So why don't so many of them take it? Something that might not be disconnected from that would be, do you remember we were here on Friday talking to the Magazine Road residents about the number of unregistered properties in that general area? In order to qualify for HAP, and I believe I'm right here, in order to take HAP and to be paid HAP, in other words, for the landlord to take HAP, they've got to have the premises fully registered. And if the premises isn't fully registered... They won't get HAP, and if they go looking for HAP on an unregistered premises, A, they won't get it, and B, they might end up getting investigated, and very few of them want to be investigated, so we don't, don't we know that. That might be part of the problem, to say the least. Me and my people be rolling, Join Simon Murdoch on Cork's 96FM each afternoon this week for your chance to win with the new Maxall Loyalty app. Enjoy exclusive loyalty offers, great rewards on coffee and car wash loyalty, plus a free rose of coffee when you sign up. To celebrate, Simon has a €400 Euro fuel voucher to give away every day. Listen from midday to win with the new Maxall Loyalty app. Available to download now from the Google Play and Apple stores. See maxall.ie forward slash loyalty. Me and my people be rolling only on Cork's 96 FM. By this time tomorrow, we'll know everything that's coming in the budget. And by lunchtime, or by two o'clock tomorrow, we'll have heard everything that'll be in the budget. Um, the papers are full of it today. Absolutely full of it. But for people like Anne, I think she's even given up listening because she doesn't think she'll get anything. She doesn't think anything will be done for her in the budget tomorrow. 0818 96 96 96. Back to something we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks. That is school buses. Lee, morning. Lee Moore. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. You're in Bantry. I'm actually um, 15 kilometres out of Bantry. Okay. Yeah. So um, my daughter goes to Bantry Secondary School, but we're outside. And we're outside. Actually, it's in connection to the talk that you had with the other lady before, because we are trying to support ourselves um, with food and heat. And, you know, so we have a little farm and we grow our own food. Sure. Um, yeah. And we moved out here because we wanted to close our mortgage so we don't owe anybody anything. Yeah. Uh, out of the city. Um, so, yeah, my daughter decided that she wants to go back to school. She's 17. And we live, as I said, 15 kilometers out of uh, Bantry. Okay. I have no car. We have only one car. My husband is working full time. Right. Um, so I basically need to ask for favors every day for the last three, three weeks. Okay. From neighbors, is she from on friends. a bus route, Limor? The bus stops at our house. My my 11-year-old who goes to the school here in the valley, um, the bus stops for him. He got a ticket, but she didn't. And does the bus that, that stops bus outside, you, does that back, go to the school she wants to go to, yeah? 
it goes to the school and it's half full. It's half empty. <laughs> oh, for goodness. And they cannot take her. They can in and when you go to Bas Aaron, it says she's eligible for tickets because she is <laughs> because of where we're yeah. where we live. Yeah. Um. So it's basically it's backlog and paperwork. It's just paperwork and backlog. So. Thank you very much. The government have made a decision to give free tickets and help people. That's fantastic. Um, but they weren't prepared to what has happened. Okay. Um, so even even if even if there was a backlog, that backlog should have been finished by the first of September when everybody is starting school. So let me get this right now for listeners, Lee Moore. Just let me go through what you said. So the the school bus that your daughter wants to be on stops literally yeah. outside your gate. Your yes. son can get on it and go to his school. He he gets a different school. Yeah. He yeah. he goes on and so the the way it works here in the country is that Basaron is paying money to local private companies, yeah. right? Because yeah. it has to do with insurance, okay? So the local company has that route in the valley. Yeah. It passes by for the primary school and it passes by for the secondary school. Right. Okay. Both buses are passing by our house. Okay. I applied for a ticket for both of them. Yeah. He got a ticket yeah. for the valley and she didn't get a ticket for the secondary. So the bus that would take her to the secondary where she'd have her <laughs> ticket passes your front door and you say is half empty twice a day it's half empty it passes here twice a day and it's half empty now obviously the bus drivers cannot let her on because she's they're not covered if god forbid something happens and and do you there, have they'll be sorry anymore, do, you, do you have a piece of paper like an email or anything to tell the driver that she is eligible and that it, it but will but that doesn't cover it him doesn't work yeah i him. i okay, okay. no no, that doesn't cover him. He needs that ticket. I see. He needs that ticket. He- I have been sending emails. I've been phoning. I've been on the phone for hours. I've been to three TDs. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and we're still waiting. Like it is absolutely. And I know I have loads of other stories of people that live next to me. I have another friend. Her two daughters cannot go on the bus also. We've spent more money on fuel taking the girls to school with private cars than, like, if you want to make uh, the world more green and use less fuel and whatever. There is a bus that passes by anyway, and you're making more cars go on the road. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. The more absolutely ridiculous situation, seeing as the, the bus is half empty and stopping outside the door, and there's no blame at all to the driver. He just can't accept her without the ticket. And and you say absolutely. that the, you say that the confirmation that she's eligible, he can't accept that. No, no. That's so true. if you go on Bas Aaron's site, it says eligible, but yeah. they just didn't issue the ticket. God. Okay. So I I don't know how long we can go on. And, and she's back at school since when, Limor? First of September. So September, and we so and, today, and the th- Friday is twenty sixth. Friday is the thirtieth of September, and still no sign of a ticket. Yeah. All right. Okay. God Almighty, that's a pain in the neck. Thank you very much, Limor. 
Um, it's a ridiculous situation. A month in, buses half empty. There's a solution, you know. There is a solution to this for bus Aaron or whoever's in charge. If the driver is allowed to accept her confirmation of eligibility, that would solve the problem. Wouldn't it? Or am I just being simplistic here? She has an email or a message to say she's eligible. And one would think that with a stroke of a pen, you could just allow the driver to accept that in lieu of an actual ticket until she gets her actual ticket. Am I being simplistic here? Maybe I am. I don't know. 0818 96 96 96. Dee, we've taken so many calls from parents whose kids haven't got tickets for the regular school buses, as it were. But I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that there's a whole cohort of parents who've been going through this for years. You're one of them. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Yeah, I am. I have been quite lucky with my other two kids. They are on transport, but I had a new kid starting in first year this year and she's had nothing yet, nothing, yeah. no sign of any transport. And she's gone into an ASD class in Ballyfehan and it's just, it's ridiculous. We're living in Grange and we were promised um, transport and there has been no, nothing from bus air and nothing. I've gotten an email, the odd email back off them saying they're, She's being processed at the moment, but I've had no nothing, and the school have been onto them, and they haven't gotten anything. When did you get the approval? She was approved back during the middle of the summer because she was late getting the space where where she got, but she was definitely approved, and I got the email saying during the summer, so would they would have had at least two three months to figure this out? Yeah. Do you know, and they just haven't. <laughs> yeah, you know? and again, this is the kind of bus that picks her up at home, takes her to school, picks yeah. her up, brings her home. It's a slightly different system to the school bus, but it is. But this is the reality. Yeah, it is. And like, I have two other kids at home that need, that are on transport and that are, have total different needs. And my husband at the moment is dropping her to school which means I have no I'm their carer and Stuart's their carer as well so we're both carers because we have six kids on the spectrum we have eight all together and we have he's dropping while I'm trying to get two very different kids with two very different needs together and out the door for school on their buses yeah you know so like him having to leave early because going through Douglas traffic at the moment is crazy. Yeah. So you have to, he has to take nearly an hour to get from Grange to Ballyfehan every morning. And I need him at home so he can sort one child and I'll sort the other, you know? I know, I know. It's, it's, it's tough going. And moreover, when you're given the approval in the middle of summer, yeah. when did she start yeah. in the school, day? She started the 26th of August, so we're nearly a month in. Right. You know, and still no words from them. And I, like, you know yourself with kids on the spectrum, 
I have prepared her yes. for the last, over the summer, that this is what's going to be happening. You'll be getting a bus. She didn't get one before because she was in mainstream in Douglas. Yeah. So we used to drop her, but that was down the road. So, do you know, it's a different story when you're you're dropping to somewhere else. Yeah. So she was prepared for getting a taxi, a new school, new taxi, new everything. And all of a sudden we get nothing, no yeah. phone call, nothing off them saying, look, we don't have transport at the moment for you, even though you are approved, <laughs> you don't have it and we won't have it. I've heard nothing. This is like someone who was on at me Friday, that the name has gone out of my head just now, but she said, look, she said, PJ, all over the country people are talking about children not getting tickets. Well, my, mm-hmm. my child has a ticket, a free ticket, yeah. and no bus. Yeah. yeah, it's actually, it's like, and they have all, it's like a lot of the transports applications go in in April from before April far September yeah so like they have April to September to figure this out Mm -hmm. and they're just not doing it you know but to be honest I think with the price of diesel at the moment people don't want the jobs Drivers don't want to be taking time out of their day to drop kids to school mm-hmm. with because it's not it's not feasible for them. It's not paying them, yeah. you know, which I can understand as well. But like the government needs to up it. There's a lot of stop start driving. There is. Yeah. 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 Well, this isn't a new problem, Dee. That's the thing. No, this has gone on a long time. for years. Yeah. yeah, I've heard loads for years. I have just have been really, really lucky. As been saying for years, Dee, this is the real life of, of parents with kids with additional needs. This is real life every September, every single September. Yeah, and like we're going into October now. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? I know. So like, and I, I can't see it being solved anytime soon either. Because like, I have a small fella who's going down to Rainbow Club on a Thursday from three to four. That's his group from three to four. And it's a social group and he needs it. And he hasn't gone in the last four weeks because I can't be in two places at the one time. I can't collect Sophie from school. And be down at Rainbow Club in Mahin at the same time. So, like, he's missing out. Do you know, like, the kids are missing out. There's the reality. Dee, good talking to yeah. you again. I, I remember you now. <laughs> yeah, how how is everybody? They're all good, all good, and all the dogs are good. We had the, the Charlie and all the, the new dogs and everything. It's all very good. Give everybody my best. Take care. I will. Thanks, PJ. Bye. That's Dee. And her story, and there are so many stories out there. Last week, this day last week, when I was off this day last week, last week I was down with uh, Rose and her daughter Trisha. Um, Rose Jones lives in a house down in Grattan Street with Trisha. Trisha has um, cerebral palsy and uses a wheelchair, and we were talking about trying to get them moved out of the house and how long they're trying to get moved to a new suitable house. And we were following up that story, and we'll stay with it. But I just had an email over the weekend uh, to tell me that Trish is in hospital. And uh, I send her my best wishes this morning. I'll see if I can get to that song, Trisha. If not, just to let you know, girl, I'm thinking of you. All right, look after yourself. And my best to your mom and the rest of the family. But Trisha is in hospital and sent me an email to, to just ask me to mention 
or on the radio today. So that's done. 0818 96 96 96. Play it on repeat. Or time to delete. An absolute belter. Or a total head melter. Sing in the shower. Or turn off the power. Right now. Choose the music on Cork's 96 FM for the chance to win 1,000 euro. 1,000 euro. Boom, 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 like that. Have your say on the Munster Music Survey and the cash could be yours. Go to 96fm.ie right now. Click the survey link and tell us what you think. Right now. The Monster Music Survey. Do it today. And you could win 1,000 euro. Win 1,000 euro. Boom, 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 like that. See 96fm.ie. Courts 96fm. Just on HAP, uh, cash is king. Great tax dodge. You'll get the excuse that if the tenant doesn't pay their percentage, then the HAP for that month is withheld. Might be true, but in a digital age, the rent can simply be deducted at source and transferred to the HAP account. It's a very simple fix. Yeah, thanks for that. 0818 96 96 96. Another longer comment on HAP, which I'll get to in a wee while. On school buses, why didn't they cooperate with parents' associations before making decisions about the buses so they know the needs of the area and who has the issues and who is a priority? You see, that would be kind of doing it right, doing it sensibly. Kate says, I worked in a special needs school four weeks before September. The bus driver had no idea who he was collecting or what he was going to be doing because he had no communication from bus Aaron. System is a mess and has been for years. 0818 96 96 96. Now, a few weeks ago, Anne, I think you were listening to us here. We were talking about the new hospital near... Uh, Benidorm, uh, Alicante region, where you could go to get stuff like a cataract done, and we talked to one or two people who'd been out there, so you thought I'll try it for my hip replacement. Are you done? Morning. I'm done, PJ, done and dusted and all. Great. I heard your show and I got on some straight away. Tell me your story. I, had, I heard the show on about the 14th to the 15th of July. I'm not sure the date, yeah. no, like, yeah. and uh, I rang the station after Paul was speaking on the show tree yeah. and they said they rang me back in two days and they gave me a date for two weeks after that to go and have my hip done. Go away. But I panicked. It was too soon for me right. after waiting years. Like the hospital rang you two days after yeah. two it, days after we I, featured on the show. They rang you yeah. and said, come over in a fortnight. Yeah. They rang me on the 17th of July and they wanted me over the 1st of August. Okay, let's go back to the start now. How long are you waiting for this? I'm waiting seven years. I'm attending a hospital here for the last seven years. Okay. And every six months I was going for a specialist. He kept telling me to try and lose the weight. It's easier said than done when you're not mobile. I read that but in I your notes. Say, like, how the hell are you supposed to lose weight when your hip is banjaxed? Oh, I'm sorry, I've never, I can't quite figure that out. Um, that was my question as well. And you know what the doctor told me? Go and get a procedure. Don't lose weight. Right, well, best, he wouldn't take, he wouldn't take the chance to give me an anaesthetic. But go and get a procedure done. Okay, okay. So you've been messing around for seven years. Yeah, yeah seven years. I came to the stage and I wasn't going outside the door. I couldn't go anywhere, only in the car. And I'd have to take two or three painkillers before I could go out in the car. Yeah. yeah. Just to sit in the car, like. So I rang and I spoke to... Chris Goody. I actually sent him a message. I didn't speak from first day. He rang me then on the Saturday. I was actually at a funeral and he left a voicemail. Right. 
We rang me back on the Sunday and asked me would I fly out on the 1st of August. But I got very nervous. Okay. And I said, well, I'm not ready. I have to get a couple of things because my husband isn't great, isn't in good health. I have to sort things out. Right. <clears throat> He's hospital appointments like so. He said, will you come out to Port in September? Right. So, I flew out on the 4th of September. Yeah. Myself and my husband. Yeah. 4th of September. They met us at the airport. That's like yeah. three weeks ago. Yeah. It'll be three weeks next Sunday. Is it? Oh, three weeks yesterday, sorry. Three weeks yesterday. Um, they met me at Cork Airport. Checked us in and everything. We were met on Alicante side. Right. Taken to a hotel in Denia. That's where it was, Denia. Yeah. It's the north of um, Alicante. Gotcha. And I'm telling you now, the way they treated us. Right. It was outstanding from start to finish. Cool. We were taking an hour <clears throat> I was taken the Monday morning we were taken to the hospital to meet the consultant Tuesday morning I had a pre-op Wednesday I had my operation done and I was in hospital for six days when were you out of bed? I was out of bed on the Thursday Good God. I had the operation Wednesday I was out Thursday I started physio on Friday I had intense physio then for the next five days Monday to Friday right I'm down to one crutch now and I can actually walk around the house without a crutch. That's absolutely brilliant. I'm delighted that. And how much brilliant. How much did it cost? I tell you what it cost me was my flight and my accommodation. The HSE will cover the rest of it. The HSE will cover eleven and a half thousand pounds. And my flights and accommodation came in about two thousand pounds. Good God. Which wasn't bad when you think for PJ because we were there for fourteen days. No, that's really no. Good. They left. They left my husband staying in the hospital with me for the six days. Really, I I asked for that like so he actually had a pull out bed in the war in the house in the ward with me. Oh, for God's sake! Yeah. Man. This is ridiculous. Hey, there's sixty four beds only in the hospital. It's all private, state of the art. Oh my God, what a hospital! Oh. It was that I would recommend anyone looking for any procedure that they're on the waiting list to contact healthcare abroad well I remember at the time talking to people about it and they were saying they did all the heavy lifting here you are living proof of it they did everything they literally oh, met you at the airport on boats oh my god everything I'm telling you now everything they looked after us even the day that I was in half that I was having my operation they came up to the hospital to make sure that my husband was after having something to eat you know, because like I'd be worried about him because he's, he don't have great health either. Sure, sure. But I still wouldn't go with him. Because like in fairness, we're after having a tough couple of years. I know, I know. And, and, and apart from anything else, you know, once you were out of the hospital and, and okay, gone up and down for physio, should the man had a week in the sun? That can't do anybody anything but good. And he enjoyed it because he badly needed it as well, you know. I bet he did. I bet but he did. I'm telling you, I would recommend it for anybody. From the, the lowest staff member to the highest member of the staff. They all treated us with so much respect. Someone said to me, Anne, if you want an examiner, they'll get you one. They would? Yes, the That's the best ever. Do you know, one of, them, one of the staff came up on Saturday before I came home because I said to him, I'd, I'd have loved to see more of it, but I wasn't going out like I was afraid. Yeah, yeah. And he took us out for two and a half hours spin. Did you to show you Yes. Wow. And that's as true as God, no, I wouldn't say a lie. Like, he took us out and he was pointing out to different places to us. 
They were outstanding. And it's a lovely, it's a lovely part of the world, like to go for a spin like that. It's absolutely lovely. Oh, he took us all down around by the harbour and all up Brilliant. the side of the mountain. Beautiful. It was. I will hopefully go back there again for a holiday. Oh, do. And to thank them. Oh, go back and go up, you know? up the mountains and go up to the waterfall when you can walk up there and go up to the top of the waterfall and do all those do all those those things and go see the pink, the pink lake and go see all those marvelous places. Go back and enjoy it. Oh, Brilliant. Oh yeah. Well, I'm telling you this much. Anyone that would like to phone me if they wanted if they're thinking about it, I'd have no problem giving my number to anyone. Right. Okay. Do you know if they wanted to talk to someone that dealt with it, like I dealt with it first time? Is what I'm saying. I'm delighted with you. I'm, I'm delighted for you. I really am delighted for you. That's that's fantastic. And listen, best continued recovery and good health to you. And I hope that your husband is in good nick as well, and that he enjoyed his week in the sun, relaxing after you'd had your surgery. That's that's just that's the bomb, lads. That's the bomb. I'm sorry you can be giving me all this nonsense about what should and shouldn't be done, but when you can hear something on the radio, I'm delighted with this. I'm chuffed to bits with this. You can hear something on the radio, and you can get in touch, send an email to a company, they ring you, and the appointment they give you is so soon, you're a bit nervous. So they say, fine, come out on the 4th of September. And she's done, after waiting for seven years. If that's not a success story, then I don't know what is. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. I'm sitting here listening and I'm dumbfounded. This is to do with the budget and the people we're talking to this morning. I pay a fortune in taxes and there's so much waste and yet the clowns in the government just can't process a bus pass for kids. It'll be 10 minutes to fix, but no one gives a crap. The system is so broken. If you're in the private sector, like a multinational, you'd be sacked for this. Also, I work a shift job, so I work nights. It's a tough job. Mentally, it's very tough. When it comes to the budget, I get nothing. I give and I give and I give and I get nothing. All I get is abuse. I work and I get paid. Sometimes you feel like a pariah because you work hard. There's no reward for the person who gets up at five in the morning, drives to work in the dark, comes home in the dark. Just a budget that every time it happens brings me closer to saying would I be better off just claiming instead of killing myself. Also, I rented my house a few weeks back as I had to, for personal reasons, I went through the official route and registered, and I was hounded by revenue. My neighbour rents, rents his house. It's a cash transaction. No registration. And definitely no worry with revenue. Thank you for that. 0818 96 96 96. I was looking at webcams this morning from Tenerife, from the beach we used to go to. We were there in the summertime, and it all seems to have calmed down. And I've got two friends who are in Lanzarote at the moment, and there was some rain fell over the weekend. So much rain fell in Lanzarote, they closed the schools actually today because there's so much flood water around. But Ryanair were cancelling flights. Michael, you and Jonathan were there a couple of weeks ago, uh, but the plan was to have gone this weekend. I bet you're lucky you changed your mind. Morning. Morning, PJ. I, th- I, think, I think we were very lucky. We were intending going out yesterday because it was my birthday, and we'd normally go out maybe on a September but uh, we we moved it forward for another reason. But then when I saw that they had cancelled it, and there's, I thought there was about 120, but I think there's 189 people actually on on that flight that was due out, um, and probably the same amount outside in Las Palmas due back. 
They have said that they're putting on a rescue flight, but I'm not sure what has happened to, to the 189 people in Las Palmas from yesterday evening who were there from about maybe five o'clock due to get on their flight at seven to come home to Cork. Yes. Um, because Ryanair, as we know, uh, are, are not always the best at looking after the people until they get maybe the flight um, put back on. But th- they say they're putting a rescue flight on, so hopefully they are, and the people won't be just stranded and have to rebook, because getting back out of Las Palmas isn't the easiest thing to do when it's a lot of charters and, and that. One, one would hope that they were also put up and fed and all these things. Well, that's not the Ryanair policy, um, as, as we know, when when they cancel a flight, you're usually left to your own devices. And now, I don't know anybody on that flight, and I was hoping that, you know, we might have, have come across somebody that, that, that is there. Um, it tends to be, you know, quite a lot of, of, of the, shall we say, the older generation that go to, to Las Palmas on the, the September-October flights. So yeah. maybe, they, maybe they wouldn't be as social media, media kind of savvy as, as a lot of the, the younger people would. But yeah. I, You know what, they, they do listen. We, we get listeners, they do. we get messages yeah. from time to time from people poolside on their holidays. So if anybody was caught up in that yesterday or knows anybody who was, they can certainly get in touch with us here and we'll try to find out what is happening for them. Every flight, it wasn't just Ryanair, though, Michael, everything was cancelled because, as you know the area very well, this is unseasonably stormy for over there. It is, and, and it's pretty much unprecedented. And as you said about the the, the schools in was it Tenerife or yeah, Lanzarote? Lanzarote yeah. closed, um, and now it has all calmed down there. But I think for for them it was unprecedented that, that the amount of rain that fell and some of the the, the live camps that, that we saw from the different islands, um, you know, it certainly reinforced that. But. I suppose, again, you know, when you see flights turning around mid-air, as we saw yesterday, and that's one of the great things about things like Flight Radar 24 and, and other apps that mm. you, you can see what's actually happening live, um, it, it was quite serious. They did say as well that there, there was a runway lighting issue in Las Palmas as a result of the flooding of the runway, yeah. uh, which presumably meant that the, the, the runway lights failed or something. And I suppose from a safety point of view, because as, as some, some Ryanair flights did land in Las Palmas yesterday during the height of the storm. That's right. So it, it was a they bit They were able to get in from another direction. Were, yeah. That's yeah. the problem. They were beginning from another direction. They did the same issue in, in Lanzarote over the weekend as well. Michael, thank you very much. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 9696 Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. There was another travel story over the weekend went up on Twitter and we were in contact with a few people to do with it. We still don't quite know what happened, but this was to do with the air coach. The air coach to Dublin on Saturday morning. Was it the 8am air coach? There had been an accident on one of the main roads in the early hours of the morning. Quite a serious accident. And that 8 o'clock air coach was delayed, seriously delayed, but so too was the one behind it. And we were wondering, or people on board the air coaches were wondering out loud, like, do you communicate, lads, with one another at all? 
because the person who put it up on Twitter and who we were talking to said there was huge delays on the M7, the 8 a.m. air coach to Dublin. This was sent in to us around half 12. The air coach to Dublin should be there by half 11, so very serious delays. Huge delays after a serious collision around 5 a.m. It would appear the road was closed well before the coach pulled out of Cork. That we haven't been able to clarify just yet, but then the second coach came behind. It sounds to me like people must have must have missed their flights in that circumstance. And I know, look, a fatal accident or a serious accident is a serious thing and you'd feel for those involved and one coach could easily get caught in it, but the second one, surely there's a way you could detour. Anyway, if anyone was caught up in that or knows anybody, you can get in touch with us. Something else we heard at the weekend, we don't do these, generally speaking, but every so often... There's an exception. If you were going between Dennehy's Cross and Toker uh, yesterday and you came across a fairly unique-looking little pink teddy bear, tiny little pink teddy bear with sticky out ears, we would be able to return it to its owner. Its owner is a little girl called Isabella and her mammy went on Facebook and we were talking to her and the little girl is distraught this little teddy is just called Teddy lovely little pink teddy and she's had it since she was born and she's three years old now and she's heartbroken so if anybody found that between Dennehy's Cross and Toker a little trust me if you see this thing in the pavement or on the grass you won't miss it It's, it's bright pink so if anybody came across that and has it and is minding it we can return it to its owner. 0818 96 96 96. Now, if you're getting married soon or are planning to get married, what are you going to do for a dress? What are you going to wear on the day? Because, you know, the old traditional white wedding dress is going slightly out of fashion. Carolyn O'Sullivan is from Not Another White Dress. Morning. Hi PJ, how are you? Thanks Good. for having me on. Delighted. I, I, am I right? The, the, you know, the old traditional meringue is is almost a thing of the past now. Well, I think maybe the big meringue is definitely a thing of the past. Um, I do think some people will always go for the the, the traditional white, but um, I started my brand to offer something for those people that just can't see themselves. Um, wearing that or it just doesn't feel right for them. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely something I never dreamed of and could visualize myself wearing. And that's the part of inspiration for my brand. Yeah. Um, but my business is not about me. It's the purpose is to offer options so others can feel themselves on the big day and dress in their own personal style with a bit of individuality. Um, you know, so I can relate to people who could never see themselves in the traditional white yeah. But they also just don't want to be forced to choose that option because it's the norm. Um, and researching online before I even started kind of showed me that there was a market for other colours and styles in other countries. But Ireland just didn't have many colourful options yet, especially that are made here in Ireland. Yeah. Do, do you have a typical customer or do they come to you from all sorts of backgrounds and walks of life? Um, I would hate to say that there's a typical because I don't like to put anyone in 
certain box. But I think the majority so far, um, which was no surprise to me, I'd say that at least 80% have been creatives themselves in some way. So, for example, some have been working in TV, photography, makeup or art. Um, and they're not afraid to do things a bit differently, but they st- do still want to look bridal and special on their big day. Um, and sometimes they just want something a little bit different with a touch of colour, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes a little bit more out there and edgy. I remember being at a friend's wedding a couple of years ago and the dress was beautiful, but I remember remarking or someone else remarking, that's the first time they'd seen her in a dress in the 16 years they know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, working yeah, and, and, and socialising. So, you know, the, would people wear trousers? Would they look for jumpsuits? What do they look for? Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. As you say, not everyone feels themselves in a dress and some people never wear them. Um, I actually had a very cool bride fly all the way from Sweden to see me for my iridescent sequin jumpsuit. And she herself said that she always loves wearing jumpsuits for different events like music festivals. Um, and she definitely did not want a white dress. So my brand name really resonated with her. And she went for something that fits with what she loves to wear. And she even paired it with some iridescent Nike runners and a custom floral veil that I made for her. And cool uh, what you're saying about trousers, be. yeah, yeah. What you're saying about the trousers, I, I, tailoring, women's tailoring is uh, definitely one of my specialties. And I've made an, an off-white suit, but also I don't think that suits have to be white either. So my recent collection, I've included a metallic gold one and a floral one. Um, but like, they're just the inspiration because I do custom designs as well and I've so many fabric options here. Yeah. You just I just couldn't make them all. Is white yeah. going or gone? Oh look, as I said, I think there's definitely um there's definitely a growing trend for wearing different colors. Um but I do think that some people will always go for that because you know it, it it is a, a tradition as well now at this stage. Um but I do think it like just looking at online in the last couple of years, it's definitely a growing trend that the more colourful options, even things like sequins and, mm. you know, silver, gold are coming out again. There was a thing as well where the wedding dress, you know, was put away in a box and kept in storage in the attic. In fact, I'm, I'm fairly sure that the Queen Bee still has her wedding dress upstairs folded okay. away neatly. Yeah. And it was the tradition... I'd imagine that the outfits that you're creating, you could take them out again and wear them to a special occasion of any kind. Is that more the trend Uh, now? Yeah, so with my second collection, which I just launched recently, um, I've called it Not Just One Day. um, And I've specifically included pieces that I could see worn in different ways. Um, And actually, what you're saying about it being tradition is it's actually only been tradition for a couple of hundred years because part of the inspiration for this collection was that before Queen Victoria kind of started the white wedding dress in 1840, brides, um, a lot of them wore either the best dress they already had, which was often a colour, or if they could afford it, they bought a new dress and usually rewore it again. Um, and Queen Victoria was unconventional herself at the time because white was actually seen as a wealthy colour simply because it was more costly to keep clean. Um, so like it's definitely like tables turning back on how they used to be Um, and like when I've created pieces I've specifically gone for fabrics that are less bridal because sometimes just I think the addition of beautiful flowers and maybe a veil not for everybody Mm. um, that can really make anything look bridal almost yeah 
Yeah. The, the other thing um, that just happened was the old dresses just get cut up into christening gowns and communion dresses down down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do people and one last one for you, do do I mean it is probably the most fashionable fabric of all time. Do people get married in denim? Um I'm sure some people do. I haven't seen it. Um but <laughs> I'm sure they sure some people do. Yeah. Some, uh, yeah. Somebody else was on about a black wedding dress. Ever seen such a thing? Yeah, definitely. I've had a few inquiries for black actually in the last couple of weeks. Um and I've made I did make a black one in my first collection. Right. Um but yeah, I, I honestly think um really why not go for something? Like for most people it's the most expensive outfit they ever make and so for some it's the only outfit they'll ever get custom made. So it's a real shame to put it away and you know, forever and never wear it again. Yeah. Um, and then like other events, for example, that like I, I have the floral tuxedo suit. I actually wore it myself to the Galway races a few months ago. Mm. And I, I also had um, a sequin two piece outfit worn by the very beautiful Anna Geary yes. to the VIP style awards. Um, and you can see the same outfit styled on my website with a veil and flowers for the more bridal look. But even things like separates, like tops, I could see them being mixed with more casual pieces for yeah. a less dressed up look. Yeah. And then I, I still have the, the longer dresses, but they could even be shortened. Yeah. You know, when the fabric is not so conventional, that can really open possibility. I was to, watching you know, the, different options. Watching of all things the Queen's funeral and seeing on Twitter people were saying that the dress that Meghan Markle was wearing at the funeral, they wanted it for their wedding. And I thought, okay, you want it in white? No, no, right. they wanted it in black. Okay, yeah, it was a black Or green, dress, or red, or any other colour. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You yeah. can get, it's anything goes now. Honestly, when you put a really beautiful bunch of flowers, I think that really is what makes it. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's the long train or, or things like that, yeah. but even that could be shortened again and made something that could be worn differently. Very good. All right, listen, good luck with it. It's a most unusual concept. Well, Thank not you. unusual concept, but it's a, a, you're a kind of a force in Ireland, I think, really, for what you know. Um, I'm probably the first that's just focusing solely on non-traditional because yeah. I'm sure that there are other people that you can go and get a, um, a dress made, but the, for my idea was I create the looks and then that yeah. inspires people so they like you know they can get something I also do completely custom designs so they can just use the collections on my website as inspiration uh, if, um, if, and if, I do custom made if people are coming to you from Sweden for a jumpsuit then yeah. you're, you're on a winner there Carolyn thank you very much Carolyn O'Sullivan the owner of Not Another White Dress and she also got another company um, which, which she's got not just for one day I, I still think the game changer thanks Caroline I still think the game changer in all of this she was the one who really started the move away from tradition was the late and wonderful Dolores O'Riordan do you remember Dolores? Uh, I remember watching the television news with my dad or the mercy him watching the television news and there was pictures of the wedding as there would be <laughs> and he goes Who's she? And I said, oh, that's uh, Dolores O'Riordan. She's a very famous rock singer. Get married. She get married in her knickers or what? Quartz 96 FM's Sun, Samba and Styles is coming. And you could be going to see Harry Styles live in Rio. Live in Rio. No, it's not the same as it was. We want to send you an 
a friend on the experience of a lifetime. Five nights in Brazil with flights, hotel, spending money and tickets to Harry Styles' Love on Tour, December 8th. Listen for the hits of Harry from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. weekdays for your chance to win. For your chance to win. We've been doing all this late night talking. Sun, Samba, and Styles. Starts Monday. Very excited to see you at the show. On Corks 96 FM. Yeah, here's someone on the phone to us was caught in the accident on the M7. It was between Junction 10 and 11. This was the bus that, or the accident delayed, among many other things, the air coach. I was caught in it for three hours. There were pregnant women, diabetics, people in all sorts of problems. There was nothing on the electronic signposts at all. Oh, God. We left Cork at 10, so they'd be well aware of it. A lack of foresight and organisation made a tragic situation even worse. My condolences also to the family of the victims in the crash. I'm assuming that person was on a bus rather than just driving in their own car. Just click me if it was. I think they were on a bus. 0818 96 96 96. Diddy's on again. There's hardly a Monday goes by. There's hardly a Monday goes by that we don't get a message from Diddy because he wants to get a tap installed at St. Catherine's Cemetery in Kilcully. Now, I know what he's talking about, and he makes a very good point. There needs to be a tap insert put in on the other side. There's one at the far end, but it's nearly 20 minutes walk away. And if you're elderly or infirm or not good on the old pins, well, it's a big problem for you. And you want to get a bit of holy water, etc. So could anybody who's in a position of power, as it were, please sort Dinny out and put a tap of water at St. Catherine's Cemetery at Kilcully to save people with... Um, uh, needing a long walk. We, we don't know whether that person was on a bus or in or travelling on their own. We don't know. If they want to let us know by calling us back, that'd be great. 0818 96 96 96. Now, are you equipping your children with the skills to allow them to make decisions? Are you making too many of their decisions for them? Do you know what I mean? It could be tiny decisions, like what they want for dessert, or big decisions. At what point should we start putting decisions in front of our children and saying, you decide, darling, you decide. Whether you want jelly or ice cream, you decide. Because if they don't learn the skill, they won't make life decisions. Eileen Keane, Hallie joins me from Jumpstart Your Confidence. We've talked many times before, Eileen. Are children growing up without that basic life skill of decision-making? Morning. Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, yeah, you know, I just see it as a growing concern, to be honest with you. Um, I think I put up a post there recently about it because it's something that, amongst many things now, we can introduce at an early age. That'll help our kids. I often say, you know, if we do ABC when they're small, we've very little chance of D and F happening when they're older. Mm-hmm. So instilling in them 
just the confidence that they're capable of making a decision is the big thing. You know, there's a lot of kids that I work with. I'm in a lot of the schools. So I do see it an awful lot across the board, male and female, where, you know, we ask them something. "Mm, I don't know. I don't mind. I don't know. I don't know. You know, whether it's an impact of social media telling us everything we need to know or stuff at home where maybe parents do make the decisions. Look, I've done it myself. The easy option a lot of the time is just make the decision and get on with it. But I think if we could be just a little bit more mindful and like from a really young age, whether it's just putting, you know, they have to wear a raincoat, give them an option of two. Not anymore now, because that just gets into a bit of a carnage scenario. <laughs> but just give them two and say, this or this. You know, whether it's a treat, this or this. Start little with the little things, just so that in their heads, they have an inbuilt understanding and a confidence that I can make a decision. You know, this is a normal behavior for me. Whereas for a lot of the time and a lot of kids, and I know we've all, we all do it and we've all seen it, where we say, no, she'll have that or she'll do this or he'll have that or he'll do that. You know, just be aware. And if you can just introduce it a little bit more often, it will stand to the kids as they get older that they have that confidence that they are capable of making a decision, whatever that decision may be. Because obviously their decisions are going to get an awful lot more serious once they hit 13, 14, once they hit 17, 18, right through life, PJ, to be honest. You know, we all have to make decisions every day, whatever it's about. it's, It's a constant source, well I won't say constant, an occasional source of argument even in adulthood because we'll be going somewhere and the missus will say to me well do you want to go to the Italian or the Chinese and I always say well listen I don't mind, I'm, I really am easy but it you choose, <laughs> she'll no make a bloody decision and I'm thinking I know. You know, like I'm doing it because I really don't care yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't care. I know. Look, I have, I have it as well. We do it all the time. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I, like, I suppose if we could all get in the habit of saying, "Well, I don't mind," yeah, but it might be nice to go here. Yeah, or that's it, it might be nice to go here. You I, know, I did it yesterday with my daughter. We were like humming and hawing, and I didn't be in my bonnet. I wanted to go to Guganbara, and we were like, "Will we? Won't we?" And I said, "No, we're going." Yeah. And you know, there's no regrets. Like we just made the decision go, and went but it was very easy to come and haul about it I want to say about the small decisions as children and, and this is one that comes up I imagine in many a house every night the sandwich is being made for the morning okay mm. so the choice ma'am, ma'am says or dad says whoever's making the sandwiches you know Johnny do you want ham imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your sandwich tomorrow or do you want cheese? And Johnny yeah. says, Oh, I'll have cheese. Great. So you make the ham you make the cheese sandwich. And then the following morning, I want ham. Like, yeah, well, do you know what though? <laughs> From a very young age they're able to make a sandwich. <laughs> they won't be giving out about us if they make it themselves you know that's something and you know uh, PJ this is something that happens so much of all age kids especially teens but actually it's happening a bit younger where kids you know go into school they don't want to eat their lunch for a thousand different reasons whether they're conscious they've been you know been slagged off about the smell of a sandwich or the crunchiness of this or whatever it may be all I'd say to parents is take a chill on that one you know they have a good breakfast they'll have a good dinner none of our kids are going to starve don't get overly bogged down with what they're going to have for their lunch. It needs to be something they're comfortable eating. So, you know, as young as they can possibly be, let them make that decision. I'm not saying you're going to put in a big bag of jellies. Most schools won't know it anyway. Yes. But let them make the decision because if they do, they're very, they can't really go back on themselves. Yes. And decisions have consequences as we learn going through oh, yeah. life, Eileen. At what time yeah. in our children's lives do we start teaching them that decisions have consequences. Do they learn it for themselves? Well, well, they learn it for themselves. I suppose, if so, you know, as, as small as if they decide to make a sandwich or whatever and the next day they don't want it, you say, well, you made the decision. You know, tomorrow now you can make a different decision. Yeah. Because you might want something different. So that, that's a very big part of it is that the consequences are hugely important. And that's something I think we all see across the board where the consequences aren't being actually looked at in the way they should be. But we can teach that to them from a very young age and not in a harsh way and not in an angry way. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to make decisions we might regret. Mm. And I think that's really important as they come into the young teenage years. You know, they're going to mess up. Let's face it, that's life. That's part of the stage they're at. But they need to know that that's okay. You yes. know, there might be consequences, but it's not the end of the world. They do have someone they can talk to. They're not going to get their heads eaten off them. They need that safe place that they know they can come to if they know they've messed up, which they all will. Yes. There's no point in parents thinking, well, my Johnny will never do that. and My Mary will never do that. Get off that high horse because that just doesn't work. Yes. They will at some point, without a shadow of a doubt. Every child is going to mess up. Yes. And that's part of growing up. And God forbid if they didn't, PJ, I'd be very worried about them what kind of a life they were living. Exactly. Because that, that, that child hasn't been born yet and that adult hasn't grown yet. But I think yeah. the serious side to this is like we're, we're deciding between chicken and ham or ham and cheese or that coat and the other coat at seven, that leads on to making more decisions when you're 17, more important decisions. And if you learn the skill, you can do it. Well, you also learn about yourself, you know, every decision you make, you're making a choice of something that you feel is right for you. So whether that is the ham sandwich or whether it's vaping or smoking 10 years down the road after that, you're still making a decision about something that you feel is right for you. And that does take strength because they're being bombarded left, right and centre as what's supposedly cool and what's supposedly the end thing. And so for our kids to have a sense of self and an understanding of what is right for them, we can't, we, it's an, an, an injustice if we don't do that, especially in the world that they're in, because it's a dangerous place if we rear kids who think it's fine to follow the crowd and do things that they're not overly happy with themselves. But you look, everybody else will think it's cool and everyone else thinks they have to do it to be part of the group. Yeah. You know, 
it's, it's just an, an, a sad place to see any child, really. Whereas we can, I'm not saying, you know, we're going to, by, by starting this young, they're never going to struggle with these decisions. Of course they're going to struggle. Yes, yes. But it wouldn't be nice to think that they have this inbuilt belief that they're capable of making decisions, that they do know what does feel right for them and what is right for them. Yeah. And they also understand if they mess up, that that's okay. Yeah, this is they can in. come back and do another decision the next day. This has come in on the phone. Um, have you ever tried running out the door in the morning and asking kids what coat or shoes they want? But, but I do agree. They do need to but be taught. Have you done that before? I knew you'd I'm say that. I'm not saying you have to do it at the Russian in, in all fairness, no. I mean, the bag should be packed the night before. The pee gear should be in the night before. All of this takes, like, what, five minutes? I we mean, can all turn around and go, I can't do this because, but for goodness sake, come on. Yeah, I, we can. Arlene, I knew you'd say that. That's why I put it to you. <laughs> You know me too, um, I do, I do. And listen, PJ, just beforehand, listen, I have four girls. Have I gone out the door roaring and screaming? A million percent. Have I messed up a thousand times? A million percent. Have I been that lunatic roaring at them? Absolutely. But as much as I possibly can, I communicate and I listen. And that's all we can do. Have you wanted paracetamol and brandy at half eight in the morning? Yes, you have. Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Jumpstartyourconfidence.com. That's Eileen Keenelly. On decision-making with our children. Michael Mulcahy was back on to us to say that Ryanair has put back on yesterday's flight from Cork to Las Palmas. It's going out at 12.10 today. And everybody delayed overnight will be brought back this evening because that storm has settled over the Canaries. Uh, morning, PJ. No one's talking about how the bad weather affected the airports in Gran Canaria. The airport lost power due to the bad weather. I was just talking to a friend who arrived in Lanzarote yesterday. I have two pals of mine who are out there at the moment, actually, in, in Lanza. And the rain was like something you've never seen before. And a lot of the bars in Puerto del Carmen just closed because their most of their business is done outside in the terrace, they just closed, and the schools were all closed as well. But it was supposed to be the worst storm seen in the Canaries at this time of the year for many a long day, if ever. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, D, you were in Alicante for a knee. When was it done? Morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Um, the operation itself was on the 3rd of August. Okay. Okay. And tell me your story. How did you come to need it? Uh, well, I had a fall in February and injured my knee, which we thought was just a sprain. Yeah. And after a week, it didn't go. So my GP sent me for an MRI. And results came back that it was badly damaged and worn away from osteoarthritis. And okay. Old age wear and tear, you know. It's a nasty business, that old osteo. It was painful. I'd say so, yeah. So um, you were, I suppose, were you facing life on a waiting list? Well, yeah. They said, have physio, you know, keep your muscles strong. We'll put you on the waiting list right to the surgeon, all this. Mm. And I was told that it was probably three to four years before I managed to get my knee done. Wow. And I thought, I'm a farmer's wife. I can't be incapacitated. So I was thinking about it, and my sister-in-law said, go abroad. And I said, well, yeah, but I can't go to England because I haven't lived there for so long. And No, she said, there's an EU thing. I'm sure of it. Right. So I did some research and came across healthcare abroad. Yeah. And 
read it all and thought, this is too good to be true. That's what a lot of people thought, yeah. I thought, no, it's the internet, it's a scam. Yeah. So I did some more research. I actually phoned the HSE to see if they'd heard of this company, and they said they had. Um, they could only answer kind of yes and no questions because of confidentiality and all that, but the girl was very helpful. Yeah. So I filled in the form, and I think it was... That was the 20th of June, mm-hmm. and I think three days later, um, Chris Goody phoned me back right. and said, need a bit more information, right. no problem. And then he phoned me back and he said, you can go middle of July. And I went, I actually can't go in the middle of July because I had a commitment. Right. I said, the earliest I could leave would be the 31st of July. He said, fine, book it. <laughs> and I went, okay. Right. And I'm thinking, how am I going to fund this? So, quick call to the credit union in Bantry. No problem at all. The manager in the credit union was fabulous. Right. And that was sorted. The flights were booked. Right. And then it was transfer the money to the hospital in Spain. Yeah. Now I'm thinking, I'm going to send 11 and a half grand to an account I've never heard of on the say-so of a guy I found on the internet. Yeah. You can imagine, PJ, all the alarm bells were ringing. I can I can't absolutely imagine it, yeah. So I then said to him, I'm not happy about this. Is, you know, is there any other way? And he said, well, you can always take the money with you and pay as you go. Nice. And I thought, well, if that was a scam, he wouldn't have said that. True. So anyway, I booked my flights. I had the money from the credit union put into my bank. Nice. And I said to my husband, if I get there and there's nobody there to meet me, I either have a really good holiday for two weeks or I change my flight and come home. Uh Anyway, I went with Ryanair, who were really good because I was obviously on a walking stick and needed a wheelchair and everything else. And I was met at the airport by a lovely English lady who works for Healthcare Abroad. And I immediately saw her and not a word of a lie, PJ, when I saw her, I cried. Because I was so relieved that it was real. Yeah. She took me from Alicante to Denia, yeah. to a beautiful hotel. It's first class. You could not fault it. And Dee, just a, a question that occurs to me, and if I don't ask you now, I'll forget it. Like, yeah. Do you book your accommodation separately, or is it nope. part of the package and you pay them? They do everything. You, you book your flights, or I had to book my own flights. Okay. They did everything else. Crikey. They collected me from the airport. They booked the hotel. They checked me in when I got there, made sure my room was okay and I was comfortable and sorted everything out. And then it's right, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock, one of us, it'll be so-and-so or so-and-so, they give you the name of your driver. We'll pick you up and take you to the hospital to meet your surgeon, have your pre-ops and all that. They are with you every single step of the way. This is unbelievable. They all speak Spanish. Um, once the lovely lady who picked me up from the airport was English. Uh, my other sort of liaison guy, as it were, was Dutch. Um, and they're with you every single step of the way. They're with you every appointment. Sorry, the, the, the language, you're saying the language no, isn't a barrier because they've all got no English, problem. I think you meant. It's no problem. Right. Even the nurses have their phones. If they don't know it, there's Google Translate. Wow. I mean, I don't have much Spanish. I have a little bit, but, you yeah. know, it's holiday Spanish. Yeah, cerveza, like, yeah. We've all, I, was, we've... I was two weeks 
in a private Spanish hospital with the most amazing nursing team I've ever met in my life. Wow. In this state-of-the-art, brand-new, spotlessly clean. Couldn't do enough for you. You're getting emotional even telling me. I am so relieved, PJ. I have no pain. My surgeon was Dutch. He was the nicest guy you've ever met. I had... I saw him on the Monday, and he said, right, come in Tuesday and we'll do your pre-ops and get you in. When I went in on the Tuesday, he said, I want another X-ray on your knee, because he wasn't happy. Right. And he looked at it, and he said, I can't do your operation this afternoon. And my heart just sank. Right. I had visions of having to come home and go through it all again. And I said, why? He said, your knee is in really bad shape. It's going to take twice as long as it should, and I'm going to need another surgeon. Right. Can you imagine that in Ireland? No. I said, when am I going to have my operation? Oh, we'll do it tomorrow morning. Oh, my God. He suddenly found another surgeon. He suddenly doubled the operating theatre time. And it was done on the Wednesday morning. My God. And Thursday... Thursday morning, the physio came in, and I was out of bed with a walking frame and stood on my new leg, which was a bit scary. Yeah. There was no pain. <sighs> um, pain relief management out there was incredible. I had morphine for a couple of days, and then after three days, it got I didn't need it. Yeah. Um, intensive physio, which was really, really good. And then after a week, because I wasn't comfortable leaving the, ho the hospital so quickly because getting in and out of bed and bathroom and everything else. Yeah. They said, well, if you're not comfortable with it, stay. <laughs> Give yourself another 24 hours. We're not going to kick you out. Oh, my God. Right. So I had seven days in hospital. Then I went back to the hotel. Everything was brilliant. And I flew home and I'm doing really well. Wow. I can actually walk without my crutches for short distances. Um, I was up and down the stairs at home the first day. And the recovery from a knee, they say, is longer than the recovery from a hip. Yeah. And you've all yeah. these cycling exercises to do and all that. Yeah. But you're flying. I'm flying it. Absolutely flying it. It was the best thing I ever did. Crikey. And when this one is healed, I know the other one needs doing. And I said to the surgeon, when can you do my other one? He said, when you're happy with your right leg, right. I'll do your left. Ah, no problem, pick up the phone, you can come. That's amazing. And you have, have to ask yourself the question, don't you, Dee? You have to ask yourself the question. How can they do it a two and a quarter hour flight away yep. and they can't do it an hour's drive away from you in the city? Yep. You have to, don't you? It's just amazing. It's, it's incredible how the HSE are falling apart. I, mean, I know a lady in the next village to me, yeah. and she's been waiting over three years for a knee. I'd say be giving her that phone number. Oh, I've, I've actually given her the phone number, but it's not for everybody. No, I mean, I went on my own. Yeah. Um, I met people out there from Carrigaline and a lovely guy from Donegal, um, and the lady from Carrigaline had her daughter with her. Yeah. Which was great. I'm better at handling things on my own. Okay. That's the fact my husband couldn't leave the farm. He's got the farm <laughs> so, Dee, I'm, I'm absolutely so, so, so thrilled for you. I really Broad am. are absolutely amazing, and I've never been treated so well in my life. Amazing.
so thrilled for you. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Dee. Thank you so much. 0818969696. She's down in West Cork. And I know at the time that this story was getting out there, people were saying, oh, you shouldn't be promoting this. We should be getting it at home. We shouldn't have to go to another country. Stuff it. They're doing it. They're going. HSE's paying for it. You ring them today, they'll give you an appointment tomorrow. Like, it's it's the business. Thank you, D. 0818-969696. Access all areas on Cork's 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. Claire Sands is launching her new album, Live at St. Luke's, as part of the 43rd Cork Folk Festival taking place this coming Saturday. Doors are early at 7.30pm with tickets on sale now. Access all areas. Tchaikovsky's emotional expressiveness finds voice in this rarely heard choral work led by Paul Hillier when Chamber Choir Ireland performed Tchaikovsky's sublime Liturgy of St. John Chrysostom. It'll be performed on Thursday night at St. Finbar's Cathedral with tickets on sale from CorkOperaHouse.ie Access All Areas You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events or gigs by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. On Instagram at the weekend, Fitzpatrick's Food Store. Wonderful place down there in Glanton Way. They put up two electricity bills through Borgash Energy. The two months to July of 2021. Sorry, the two, the two months to July 21st, 2022. Their electricity bill was €11,595.91. If that's not bad enough, Kerry, the two months from July 21st to September 21st... Oh, she was there. I'll go to Seamus first. All right, Seamus, you want to talk about the the government in advance of the budget? I'll get back to Kerry then. Morning. Morning. How are you doing, PJ? What do you want to say, sir? No, just uh, just in light of the, the revelations that have been coming out before this budget announcement on um, Tuesday, yeah. um, it turns out that the, the outcome of this will see um, all TVs in government get um, effectively a pay rise of roughly a thousand euros into their pockets, not to mention an extra lump sum of two and a half k approximately into their pockets. Mm. I just think it stinks, to be honest with you, to high heaven. And I know we have a huge number of people attending the protest up in Dublin over the weekend there. And there was one in Cork the week before. But we kind of need to see more of us because, yeah. and especially when it comes to the, the next election period, which will be looming down towards the end of this year into next uh, summer. Mm. You know, we're looking at the election time period. But like, yeah, I just... How can people remember what they've put us through in the, mm-hmm. for the last two to three years? The, the pay rise will come for initially anyway through the national pay agreement, the, the, the national public service pay agreement, they get that. But then there's a change coming, we think, in the tax rates that you'll go up on the higher rate of tax. They'll give you an extra couple of grand before you go up there. So I think everybody will get that particular one. They will, they, well, people will in general, and that's understandable. It's, it's a bare minimum uh, at the end of the day anyway, like either yeah. way. I mean, it's still not going to cut us for yeah. people in general. And um, when you balance up the cost of everything and the way it's gone up, and uh, I mean, it's gone up at an extortionate rate in this country. It's just, I, I just I just think it's shocking how 
well, you know, the, the way they get away with what they're doing um, to the people and people just seem to accept so much. I mean, yeah. next door we have a price cap in the UK introduced. Now, I know they went through a change of leadership and so on, but they've introduced a price cap so you know that you can't pay more, any more than whatever it is, 2500 yeah. 2000 per year approximately for at least a couple of year period. There's, you know, an, there's an argument though, Seamus, that that's economically unsustainable because where do you get the where, where does one, the government get the money to pay all those bills that still have to be paid? But I do take the point; it is being done yeah. elsewhere. It's been done in France. It's been done all over the place. France as well, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. Seamus. Thank you very much for that. Uh, heading into the budget tomorrow, all TDs getting a pay rise. There are caps on energy prices in other countries, which is a good point at which to go back to Kerry. Uh, Kerry, I mentioned the first bill that was the two months up to July was eleven five nine five. July to September. How much? Morning. Uh, July to September for two months, 29,153. That's, uh, that's nearly three times, two and a half, over two and a half. Two and a half, over two and a half, yeah, yeah. So as you can imagine, that that knocked the wind out of me a bit on Thursday afternoon when that landed on my desk. Um, I knew it was coming, as in we've been talking about the electricity since April because we reviewed our pricing then. Um, we had been locked into a contract last year until June, so our pricing was the same from June 2021 to June 2022 yeah. per unit. And then this is officially the first bill, and it's that's you know, unsustainable. It is unsustainable. Um, and just out of interest, we when I locked this in, I had asked for an update just to see how the rates were going in case we made a bad decision on that and whatever. And in the start of September, the kind of utility you know provider that would check all the pricing for us came back to say my 46 cent unit has now gone to 88. What the hell? So if I hadn't fixed those in April and let this run to see how it goes, that bill would be coming in at about 50 odd thousand for two months. For the shop. For a shop, yeah. And, and tell look, me, I mean, Kerry, I know every shop is different, but like you're running, obviously, you're running coffee machines, you're running freezers. Yeah. Chill so we've rooms. Got, yeah, the chill rooms and the freezers, like these, obviously, look, um, I, I did get our electricians down a couple of weeks ago because I, I, I knew this was looming and I was so bad, I said, look, it, could we look at segregating the lights on the shop floor, like that I could you know, turn off some during the day if it's not needed and, you know, da, da, da. You're still trying to make sure everything's, you know, visible in your shop and safe for people walking around. But, like, we, we're in a brand new building, PJ, so I've actually got timers on all our lights in our storerooms and our, and our halls. So if there's nobody walking through it for a certain number of minutes, the lights go off. Um, I have all LED lights. They're all new fittings. All our equipment is new, every single piece of it. So they're all what we would term optimum, like um, use of, you know, efficiency with regards to use of electricity and power. So, but like I can't turn off um, a freezer or a no. cold room at night when the no. shop is closed. No, you can't. No. And and to boot, then I suppose and this is why it's really kind of hit things. Our sales for the first two weeks in September this year, in comparison to last year, were down nineteen percent. So I still have to turn on those lights and leave those freezers on and the sales are down. Now, there's, there's a couple of factors of that. Like the going back to school, it's an expensive time for people. That's one part of it. And I think all of this talk, people are worried. They, they don't know that they'll have enough to heat their homes for the winter. And like that is an absolute disgrace that like, 
the people in this country are feeling like that right now. Um, and also, obviously, we're we still have stuff going on outside, so that that's still causing a loss to our business with regards to our parking outside. But overall, to have your business down nineteen percent and then get in a bill like this when there's something that should be done for it. And I firmly believe that any of the profits on that share of the ESB that is state-owned, they should be selling out this at cost to home residents and to local businesses that are providing employment because six months' time here, we're going to be in a very different position with lots of businesses not able to survive this. Kerry, I, I really, really hope that, that, that this doesn't break your business. But I was talking to someone over the weekend who is immersed in retail, shall we say, for the last 30 years. It's what he does for a living, various elements of retail. And he said to me, prepare yourself in the spring of 2023 for hundreds, if not thousands, of job losses. Yeah. And, and this is the thing. Where is the where is the foresight in planning for this? Because if the government don't do something about this now to help, um, like I've gone off to get, I've got quotations on solar panels, but right now, to put that in across my roof, which would help with the scenario, obviously, to provide some of my own energy, it's 54,000 euros. I don't have that money now because of what I'm being hit with these bills. Like... The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 966 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. A couple of uh, comments to get back to from our conversation with Eileen earlier about letting kids make choices and teaching them to make choices in life. There's one beauty in there. <laughs> oh, one beauty. I'll read it for you in a little while. Also, a few more comments on, you know, the politicians getting pay rises, sizable pay rises, while someone like Kerry down in downtown in Fitzpatrick's is looking at a bill that is completely and totally unsustainable. And as I said over the weekend, talking to a friend of mine who is so steeped in retail, Let's just say he learned this at his father's side in a little fruit and veg shop that they had as a family when he was only a little boy. And he's still working in retail to this day. And he was saying to me the weekend, he said, prepare yourself, he said. Prepare yourself in the spring of 2023 if something serious doesn't start happening for tens of of hundreds, if not thousands, of job losses. Hundreds, if not thousands, of job losses across retail because it's just going to become unsustainable to keep premises open. And one thing he did say was, prepare yourself for loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of those do-it-yourself tills. You know those ones, self-service tills, the ones that are in Tesco's and loads of other places now. It'll There'll be self-service tills everywhere because they'll just get rid of the low-hanging fruit on the front line. That's where we're headed because of these kind of bills. Eugene says, when you hear your electric kettle bubbling, it's good to use it. No need to wait until it switches itself off. Thanks, huge. Lots of little ones like that. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Jenny Keane, I know that, Jenny, you were trying to put together a, a toy show, a sex toy show for Dublin in early December, but it's all fallen through. What happened? Morning. Yeah. 
Good morning. How are you? Um, thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, it fell through last week. It was, um, it was very uh, unexpected. Uh, we actually had the event completely planned and organised with international guests coming and uh, performer performers coming from different parts of the world as well. And we found out that we could no longer. It just came to came to be that we could no longer continue with the event unless we kind of submitted to restricting it in some way. So uh, there was an issue with the, the name of the event and um, and uh, and yeah, just some restrictions basically Let's not mention a venue at any time, but let's just say oh, you, ha- you had no. it all booked and you had it yeah. all ready to go. And then what happened? What did they say to you? Uh, it was just actually, it was just that we could no longer continue uh, unless certain restrictions were put in place. And I'm very against, you know, restricting or controlling language around uh, sex. And this really came from the top level, uh, the, the, a managing level and uh, or a director's level and a, a council level. And so it wasn't possible uh, for me to do this just because I, I really believe, you know, in, in creating um, a very open, honest conversation around sex. And mm. I'd be doing this online with my community for the last two and a half years sure. and we know it's it's a pleasure-based sex education which is the foundation of everything and so they wanted you to you basically know, tone the show down so that you could hold on yeah. to the venue and you've decided unfortunately to cancel because of that yeah and also it just was very difficult to get in conversation in general uh, the conversation wasn't willing to be had in a space where both parties could meet uh, openly it was very restricted from the beginning so it uh, for me I think when you put restrictions in right at the very beginning the conversation doesn't have very uh, doesn't doesn't go to a very good place if you're doing that right from the very start and you know here's the thing Jay, like PJ like I, I totally understand the fear around uh conversations around sex I totally understand apprehension I totally yeah. understand worry I I, I work on my background is in trauma therapy in in the sex space so I understand and actually this is part of the conversation when it comes to learning how to move people's attention from yeah. a risk-based fear-based sex education point of view to a pleasure to understanding the importance of a pleasure-based yes. uh, sex education and you, you so wanted to be more positive discussion and I looked at your Instagram again this morning as I do for from time to time when you post because I've been following you since we last talked and I see what you're at and I know that you want a very positive attitude but sadly the, the, there is a certain sort of a negativity out there so have you been able to find another venue or are you looking for another venue? No, we're definitely looking for another venue yes, I, 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 I'll be totally honest with you I fell into I somewhat, I fell into a somewhat of a pit of hopelessness at the weekend because this same issue was actually coming up again and again we had a lot of support at um, at uh, at, at lower levels basically within venues so a lot of support a lot of enthusiasm for the show but once it was going to uh, directors levels again there we were coming up against the red light and again for the same reasons uh, wanting to put restriction in and, and again, sorry are these sorry clear. Jenny without again and I'm, I'm very grateful to you yeah. for not naming anywhere are, are these private commercial venues or public buildings you're talking about both both both, both. and you get to yeah, a certain both. level where Initially, okay, that sounds all right. Where do you want to book? Fine. And then it goes upstairs. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, we're not having that. 
Pretty much, yeah. This is pretty much what's happening at the moment. I mean, I will also say as well, we've had a lot of really positive support as well from venues. However, the problem is, is that at this point in time, coming up to Christmas so close, uh, that they actually just don't have availability to host us. So, and, and this is like, you know, we had booked this in the previous venue. We booked it months and months ago. Um, however, it's only coming to light uh, last week, right. basically, that it's not possible to go ahead. So we, so there's a lot of obstacles in the way. If you don't uh, get a venue, what you do is Scrap it. If you don't get a venue, what do you do? If we don't get a venue, it'll go solely online. And I think I'll just make it my absolute mission to make the conversation that we're having uh, a lot more public and a lot more national. I mean, that's already happening um, this year. Uh, like people from the media are very open to speaking to me, like the likes of yourself, um, who definitely understand like the conversation and also the way that we're talking about it. I'm really not about getting angry or getting upset. For me, this is this is part of restriction, I think, and fear is part of this conversation. And I also said as well online, because I had a lot of my uh, community members being like, this makes me so angry. And I'm like, there's nothing to be angry about. This is a growth edge. Meeting resistance when we're changing the conversation on something is really, really important. And this is nothing but good, you know. So it just means we have to talk more. <laughs> okay. All right, listen. And it's always a pleasure to speak with you on the opinion line. Jenny Keane, a holistic sex educator. You'll find her on Instagram. She's got podcasts and videos and the whole thing. And look, that it's not suitable for little eyes or little ears, but it's it's an adult conversation. And she wanted to put on a show, a sex toys show, in Dublin. And she had a place booked. And then all of a sudden, it went upstairs. No, no, oh no. Upstairs can do that. Upstairs. Oh God, no, couldn't have that. So she's looking for another venue now. Thank you, Jenny. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Thank you very much to the person who contacted us to say they were caught in the traffic around that accident on the M7 at the weekend. Um, can you tell PJ, we were stuck in our own car. We didn't see the air coach when we were sitting on the side of the road. Thanks for that and thank you for coming back. Bernie was on about the budget and the government and the pay. We're talking about, the, the government's talking about increasing the pension by around 10 euro and then they give themselves a thousand euro pay rise so how's that fair i'm grateful for the increase and every little helps but really how does 10 euro match with the price of inflation and we got this in earlier on from john and i'm going to read it and look tomorrow we'll be looking ahead to the budget and on wednesday we'll be looking at the budget when we actually have the details in front of us and we've been able to look at what it's worth and what it's not worth to you and always, always, always interested in your contributions particularly post-budget as to whether it'll be any good to you at all. That's tomorrow and Wednesday but listening to Anne, remember I was talking to Anne earlier on this morning and she's living in a little caravan uh, in East Cork and she's really, really struggling. Why doesn't the government give everyone six and a half thousand to help manage the cost of living. This is the same as they gave themselves a pay rise for doing absolutely nothing but implementing decisions already made by civil servants, quangos and the EU. This is because all of the TDs will be getting a pay rise, roughly equivalent of six and a half thousand over a period of time because of the new public service pay agreement. That's where John gets that from. They'll say they don't have enough money to do this. The country is financially broken because of the escapades of the people managing it. A country like Norway exploited its national resources and put them aside for bad times. It then dips into it when they come and build it back up when things improve. That's how you run a country. 
They decided they'd get a handy, cushy job managing our finances to rack and ruin and pay themselves handsomely. Anything that the government gives in the budget is not worth the paper it's written on because the prices are also going up and will never, ever come back down. By the time the people get the money, they'll just need to just stand still. And here's another thing, PJ. Can you get onto the councils and see if they're index linking their thresholds for housing assistance? Or will some people suddenly find themselves excluded from support or their rent going up because of increases they got in the budget? That's a great point, John. And can Cork County Council commit to a rent freeze to ease the situation of people who are considering the choice between rent, electricity, food and medicine? We're in an emergency situation and I'd hope that all bodies are trying to ease the pain. That's a very good point that John makes in that in that email because he says, look, there are people on the brink where they just about qualify for supports. They just about qualify for state supports. The little bit of a lift they'll get from changes in the tax system that are coming tomorrow, and there are changes coming in the tax system tomorrow, the little bit of a lift that they'll get will take them out of the eligibility for the support they were getting. Which means, bang, back down to square one again. Good point, John. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. I love karaoke. Do you know what karaoke means? It's Japanese for empty orchestra. Empty orchestra. Yeah. I love karaoke. What did you do? I did. I'm too sexy by right, said Fred. Of course you did. There's two ways you can get me to go to something. Yeah. All right? Karaoke. Free jam bombs. quiz night. Okay. I'll go to a quiz night as well. What about a quiz You have to I... sing the answers. Oh, my God oh. almighty. What have we just invented? Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on. <yeah. laughs> two packs for stab. 1960 rising. <laughs> Casey and Ross in the morning with no DC Cars Blackpool exclusively Skoda in the city find your next car online at noldc.com open 24-7 Graham Norton wrote a book called Holding Holding has been turned into an excellent television series third episode airs on Virgin Media 1 this week I've seen this before because I saw it last year when it went out I think it went out, out across the water and I happened to pick it up it's great it really is good and it's got a fabulous cast uh, Conleth Hill plays uh, Sergeant PJ, PJ Collins and he's absolutely brilliant it's got Charlie McKenna Siobhan McSweeney is there from Derry Girls uh, Brenda Fricker is in it Graham himself I think makes a cameo appearance uh, you've got Polly McGlynn is there and our own Demi, Demi from Saturdays, she's there, she turns up. Pat Kinavan, a, ho- a huge cast. And Clinton Liberty, who plays Detective Inspector Linus Dunn. And Linus, or Clinton, when you come down, you, you don't exactly hit it off well with the aforementioned <laughs> Sergeant Collins. And it, it makes for some hilarious telly, I gotta tell you. Oh, it does, it does. No, and Linus doesn't come to sort of play friendly with anyone. He just comes in there and he knows he has to do a job and he doesn't really mind if he has to step on anyone's toes to do so, which doesn't make him particularly sort of famous around the town. So, But he also realises quite quickly that that ain't going to cut it because locals won't open their mouth to you because they like Sergeant Collins. 
Exactly, exactly. The, the thing I love about sort of Linus's trajectory throughout the story is that he's so used to one way of doing his job, which is to come in, step on toes, you know, get to the bottom of it. He doesn't care who he upsets. But the thing that's quite, you know, different and significant about this particular town is he needs to work with the people. And in order to work with the Thames people, he actually has to get on with them and get on with PJ. But it takes, he's quite stubborn and it takes him a little bit of time to sort of get on board with the flow of the Thames. So, there's, yeah. there's a few people have to turn around and give him a look as if they who do you think you are, by? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because he's been fast, fast tracked in his career. He's this young guy. You know, he thinks he doesn't. He doesn't have to worry about people's opinions. But, but the the beautiful people of, of Donin, they 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 set him straight, and then he realizes he's not so big in this town. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a lovely piece of television because the book itself, which which I read when Graham brought it out, the book itself is is a beautiful piece of storytelling. It's it's a typical sort of old country town story with deep, dark, woven secrets in it and Brenda Fricker is just awesome. Amazing. No, Brenda is absolutely amazing. And I remember when we were doing some of the scenes with her, me and Condiff Hill, it was such a surreal, like it was it was absolutely breathtaking because I remember just sitting there and I have Condiff Hill to my left and I have Brenda Fricker to my right and I'm just there in the middle like this young kid, like what is happening? This is a pinch me moment there's a, there's, no. there's a scene where she tells a story and I don't want any spoilers to go out so mm. there's a scene where she tells a story and I actually it looks like and maybe you'll tell me I'm wrong here it looks like she was on such form it all went in one take yeah she was she was on top of her game that day and the, the beautiful thing is that she went in one take and also, she had to do it multiple times that day. So it wasn't just one time. She had to keep going and keep going and keep going because obviously you have to cover that each shot from different angles. And I was honestly just in awe, in awe the whole day. And the crew as well were just like, she is unstoppable. She is, oh, she is just amazing. I, I was so, so, so grateful to have had the opportunity to work with her. It, it, because, uh, go on, go ahead. So, because like you're in the scene as well, but also I'm just like learning and in awe and trying to stay in the scene and not completely go out of it and just because I just thought she was amazing. Yeah, tell us a bit about Clinton Liberty because you were the new face to me, sir. Yes, yes, Clinton Liberty is this new actor and he's young and very green and he he only he's been acting for three years and I I went to the Lear Academy in Trinity and that's where I trained and I graduated in 2019 and as soon as I graduated I was call, I was cast in a show called Normal People with Lenny Abramson yeah. and Paul Nesco. we know it well yeah <laughs> and um, yeah that was sort of my introduction into the industry and I was very grateful to have that opportunity and that to to educate myself on just how to be a, a professional working actor and then. Um, yeah, I've been I've been sort of auditioning and, and getting jobs ever ever since. And I I for after normal people, I, I'm part of a show called Red Election, which I play an MI5 spy alongside another Game of Thrones star, Stephen Delane. And um, yeah, that's on Disney Plus at the moment. So if anyone's on Disney Plus, they what, can what check you say that it's out. called again? Red Election. Red Election. Very good. Do you know what we're gonna? I think we're gonna. I was one. I, I'm not going to ask you to break a trade secret, and yes, I am. Um, 
holding does it have it because I thought at the end of it and I must watch it again I thought at the end of it there were threads there that could make for a second season hmm that's an interesting that's an interesting opinion TJ I, I watch have... a lot of crime Clinton I watch a lot of crime <laughs> I watch a lot of crime fiction there were threads there that you could tie up with the second season do you know what? The best people to ask that question is Dominic Treadwell Collins and Taryn Cogan, who are our brilliant, wonderful writers. What and a I'm fantastic sure... way to not answer a question and still answer it. <laughs> Thank you, PJ. That's that's completely their their question to answer, and, I, and I'll give them I'll give them the opportunity. To all right, all right. Because I, I mean, no, I I, th- I I really enjoyed it the first time, and I must sit down and watch the box set a second time because it's mm. great. The book was lovely. The book was a great piece of fiction, but I think it really worked very well for screen and the scene, the scenes, the village itself, fabulous. Yeah, no, we shot in um, we shot a majority of the the, the village scenes in Drimmer League and around Skibbereen and yeah. just kind of all over West Cork, and it was just a privilege to have that opportunity to explore West Cork and its people and the food and oh my God, food, it's amazing. But um, yeah, um, for me, every single day, PJ was just. A pinch me moment. I was so so grateful because as a young actor, all you can ever dream of is working with people who are veterans and know what they're doing, but also people who genuinely care about your well-being off camera. You know, and everybody, right down from our casting director Louise Kylie to our director Kathy Burke and just Siobhan McSweeney and the cast and the crew, everyone was so genuinely caring. I'm like, I couldn't have asked for better people to work with, you know. Good. Well, you know what? You did a fine job yourself, young man. Really enjoyed it. I said, who is Thank this fella? Thank you so much. Who PJ. is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> who is this And he's, he's either going to, I figured when you came, he's either going to get it or he's going to get a smack off somebody. What Literally. Are <laughs> he's going to get a smack off one of the grannies and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, like, young Clint, man. Really enjoying it. Well done. Well done to you. Uh, that's Clinton Liberty who plays Linus Dunn in uh, Graham Norton's Holding, which is set in West Cork. And as I said, read the book, enjoyed the book. That's a, yeah, it's, you know, But the television series is great. And of course, I think because of the way Virgin Media do things, I think you'll probably get the whole box set on their player and it's well worth it really is well worth investing some time in Tom Welsh was on to say just listening to that lady from Fitzpatrick's uh, she got the electricity bill for nearly 30 grand it's so sad it makes me angry and frustrated that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael are totally deaf to the public's needs at least Sinn Féin are listening and responding I'm not saying their response is good bad or indifferent but at least they're responding and I've been a Fianna Fáil supporter all my life. But then again, I have to say, the constant criticism of Sinn Féin isn't exactly fair. Thank you for that, Tom. A couple more that have come in on that general subject and, and the subject of the, of the budget and, and just how bad people have it at the moment. I'm sitting here, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, I read that one earlier on. Um, I understand. Yeah, sorry, I got to the, I got to those. The one I wanted, I can't find now, but I'll find it in a minute. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Come here. I don't know if you're watching the uh, events from Italy. They had an election there. They seem to have an election in Italy every couple of months, so people kind of don't take much notice. But there's a woman called Maloney. Uh, looks to be their first female prime minister, and she is. Uh, she's a uh, being billed as a far right character, which is fine. Um, call that what it is. I'm more interested in whether she's uh, related to one of our favourite actors at home. 
And I'm thinking about Elliot Stabler from Law and Order Special Victims Unit and Law and Order Organised Crime, which is brilliant, by the way. And that is just mega, the bomb. But Christopher Maloney is of Italian and French-Canadian background. His dad was an endocrinologist called Charles Robert Meloni, M-E-L-O-N-I. And the new Prime Minister of Italy is going to be a woman called Meloni. I'm just wondering if they're related. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Getting back to Britney Spears and the song we just played. I wonder, could you jive to that song? Because jiving is back, did you know? Jiving is very much back and people are going to learn how to jive and as always if you want to learn how to do something there's someone out there to teach you Tom who goes by the wonderful name of Tom Jive morning 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 hi Squire how are you jiving jiving is back I'm old enough to remember it the first time or maybe the second time but it's back again it is for sure it is for sure there's an octopus for it at the moment anyway you know um, I think people they're just uh, the thing about the Irish jive especially, you know, the, it's a bit like the line dancing years ago. There was a, you know, there was a wave of they all wanted to do it. And it seems the jive is, is that at the moment, that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of people started taking it up, I suppose, during the pandemic or after the pandemic. They started learning to dance at home and that kind of carry on. Like, is it hard to learn it? It's not. It's not. It's like a lot of things. Looking at something, it's like driving a car. If you're looking at it, you never learn. But once you're there and you just do it, all of a sudden it just happens. Yeah. Uh, and you're jiving. And I think. Um, Hold on. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do. Most... I'm going to do Tom. I'm going to try and get you on a slightly better line there. Give me about thirty seconds. We'll sort that out. We'll get a slightly better line because it's it's cracking up on us. Yeah. Just getting back to that thing in Italy. Her name is Maloney, and Elliot Stabler of Law and Order SVU fame and organised crime fame. Organized crime's brilliant. He's Maloney, and he's French. He's Italian, French Canadian background, and she's Italian. I wonder. I wonder. Wonder. It's just something I'm throwing out there for what it's worth. Do you know what I mean? I don't care really about the politics of Italy, so don't be telling me this and telling me that about who she is or what she is. I'm not too. We'll talk about that another day. But right now, I'm just saying, is that is she related to him? Somehow, oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Can we? Before I go back to Tom, can we wish congratulations and happy anniversary? I cannot believe it is that long since they opened the doors out at Brew Columbanus seventeen years ago today. They opened the doors to Brew Columbanus. I cannot believe that. But happy anniversary and well done to everyone involved in Brew Columbanus. 0818 96 96 96. Back to Tom. So, Tom, it's it's not that difficult to learn, you say? It's it's not if you break it down. If you're not. If, if you break it down, especially jiving. I mean, jiving is probably one of the easier dances to learn. Yeah. Because um, it's a kind of a swing dance, whereas a waltz can be a little bit tricky, or a foxtrot can be a touch quicker, or the ballroom one it can be very tricky, but the drive, the general drive, you could pick it up like I do the four-week courses, as you know and they do, they pick up even in a couple of weeks, they've got it. Does jive count as a form of ballroom? 
uh, I suppose they're all, every dance is kind of one in a family, but more the swing dance is the jive. Um, but born was a lot more different. The beat, it's all in the beat, you see. Um, if you're doing a waltz, it would be a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. If you're going to stop, start to be slow, slow, quick, quick, slow. Whereas the jive, is you, you count the beat one and two and three yeah. and four and, and, and so on. So they all have their own little beat and timing. That's yeah. unique to them. Um, I'd, I'd say you could get fairly fit if you do this. You would. You, 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 you can. I mean, a couple of hours ago, it's quick enough when you're dancing and having fun. You would. People do. People lose a lot of weight and get taken up and they go mad for it. Yeah. And, um, that line is, is, is falling apart in us again, but just when... Like, it's not all about old tunes either. Like, you can... You can jive to very modern tunes. I think uh, "Wake Me Up" by Avicii. People jive to that. I'm trying to. Be, I'm trying to see that in my head, but people do apparently. Yeah, well, you can actually you can jive, you can dance, I suppose, to anything in a way. But you suppose really, you have to actually you do need the beat. Like you need to have some sort of a beat so you can, you know, turn on the beat and like if you imagine, you know, the Galway Girls. Yeah. You know, the, the, or you know, a little rock and roll number it's all of a sudden you know, your mind goes to that and you twist that and you swing to that yeah. and it just makes it all the more you know better on the jive and on the dance floor you got a feel for it too. the yeah. music is going and you're dancing to the beat if the beat um, if the beat is right you can you can do it to anything if the beat is right and also it feels good and it looks good yeah um, you know when the beat is there but I suppose you can dance to everything but it's like when you have a a good hour stop the world tickling only you all of a sudden you want to jump up and yeah. you know, throw a few shapes yeah you don't you don't need it to be all Nathan Carter and Declan Nurney no you can jive to anything once you know what you're doing exactly exactly and the beat doesn't have to be them like most people I'm teaching probably wouldn't be out dancing at that much they just want to do the classes and learn to dance for a wedding as well or they're out for a night out and yeah. would, you, would, jump up. would it be a good way to meet someone if you were on a loose end that way a great way, a great way. I mean, there's lots of people, lots of energy, lots of people having fun. You know, that's a great, you know, combination for meeting people. You're having, you know, you're enjoying yourself. Excellent. And I do breaks and, and, and stuff like that. And, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Tom, the line isn't the best. We might talk again sometime. You're on Facebook, though. Tom Jive is on Facebook and you'll find videos. he got quite, quite the collection of videos and stuff on Facebook reminds me actually I'm wondering sort of jiving would that be the it, they're still there if you ever wondered thanks Tom they're still there the three lads dancing to the same tune every doing the same dance to a different tune every day they're still there that Facebook page is still there <laughs> three fellas dancing to a different tune every day and it's the same dance it's genius Thank you. Joe's very good as well. If you find it on Twitter, it is. Um, might be on the gram now as well. Soviet soldiers dancing. Trust me, look it up. It's Russian soldiers dancing, but they put them to all modern songs. Why did I think of that? I just did. Okay. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083-396-9696. On Cork's 96FM. A couple of questions or comments on 
letting children make choices and teaching children to make choices. Eileen was on at me earlier on from Jumpstart Your Confidence. And she said, we should let children start making choices when they're really small. Like, do you want that biscuit or that biscuit? Or do you want that in your sandwich or that in your sandwich? Or those who let them make those decisions when they're small. I worked as a carer in a creche and there were two children who were the only ones doing this. They would come in every day inside their sack with four little packages. We'd open the packages and the kids themselves would decide what to eat. So they were ahead of their time with decision making. And then another one comes in and said, if I gave my boy a tenner, he'd complain that he only wanted nine euro. Seriously though, he learned from me to just go with what ma'am says, because life is easier for everyone. A bit more peaceful too. Oh, how many boys in particular, how many boys in particular have learned just go along with what ma'am says? And how many men have taken it into their married life? You know what? Whatever herself says, no, we'll do that. <laughs> and sometimes it works just fine. 0818 96 96 96. The Everyman have launched details of their season, their autumn season, which will culminate in a massive pantomime. Uh, at, uh, at, at Christmas time but there's plenty more in between Sean Kelly CEO of Everyman joins me Sean delighted to see a packed catalogue for the next couple of months morning morning PJ thanks uh, for having me on yeah it's a there's a it's a huge program and it's actually easy to forget but it's actually our first full uh, autumn season since pre-COVID in 2019 because last year obviously we had very restricted capacity um, with, and you know, with all the things that went on, so this is our first time really being able to go all guns blazing in the autumn, and we're so excited to present such a variety of things. And of course, in the year you celebrate 125 years, it's 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 marvelous to see. You've all sorts in there: comedy and music and drama, new drama as well. Um, yeah, we've got some um, tremendous uh, contemporary shows from Fishamble. Um, who we've got in this week. Um, we've got Rough Magic with Solar Bones. Um, and we've got the return, of course, of Reggie from yeah. Rock Road um, next week as well, which was a tremendous success for us um, uh, earlier in the year. And it's going to be great fun again when Reggie uh, returns uh, with us next week. I think even he was blown away by how successful it was, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> he was, yeah. He's a little arrogant, uh, Reggie, but he was, he was even he was uh, surprised. <laughs> now, a panto... And of course, one thing we missed terribly during COVID was pantos. And and last year, at the very last minute, and of course she did it because there's no one better to do it, Catherine Mahan Buckley had to twist everything around to get people out the door by 8 o'clock. But it's back in full effect this year with Cinderella. Um, yeah, that's right. It's it's Cinderella and it's going to be huge. And we're really blown away by the interest so far. We're kind of breaking all of our early booking records. So Brilliant. it's amazing. Um, so we and Catherine is putting together a tremendous show. And it's just it's just great to be able to, to plan uh, for a full panto again. As you said, last year we had to do all sorts of contortions in the end. And uh, but the public were fantastic and yeah. were were really good about it. People who had shows booked for eight o'clock that had to come three hours earlier because of the curfew and all that that was yeah. put in. But that's all behind us now. Um, we're really it'll looking be, forward to it. It'll be fabulous. It'll be fabulous. The jazz festival's in at the end of October. Um, yeah, again, full jazz festival. Um, there's going to be 
for mostly a minimum of two of two shows a day so the whole house is going to be hopping again pre-booking there is going tremendously well so it's going to it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere in the everyman and all around town town and particularly yeah. up here around current street it's going to be brilliant um, i'm noticing that you've got once again john spillan will have his christmas concert i cannot believe though it's 25 years of it um, yeah, I think John is finding it a little hard to, to believe it himself, but um, even in the the worst days of COVID, we did an online version, but again, it's it's not the same. Um, he's going to be back for 25 years. It's always a real sign. The Christmas coming around when we're having the conversations with John about booking him in. Um, so it's, you know, it's a fixture in the everyman now, almost as much as Panto is. And loads of comedy, including the great Jason Byrne back. You've got an Adele tribute coming in. You really are packed out for the season and great to see it, Sean. And people can get tickets and, and book anything they want at uh, everymancork.com. And you say sales are going really well. Um, yeah, fabulously well. For um, There's a real appetite out there. People really want to come out and have a good time. Um, both ser- serious drama, comedy, panto. Um, but, you know, people just really want to get out and mingle and mix with each other mm. and, and enjoy themselves. Yeah, I think it's marvellous. And uh, hopefully I'll see you, all you guys several times across the season. There's one place I love to go is the Everyman. Uh, thank you, Sean Kelly, CEO of the Everyman. Their new season, You'll, all the details you want are on Everyman Cork. Dot com. 0818 96 96 96. The Cork Diary. On Cork's 96 FM. Independence Museum Kilmurray will be hosting two live performances on Friday the 30th of September. Karen Minahan presents Extraordinary Ordinary Women Live, recounting the untold stories of 13 West Cork women who contributed in the steps leading to the founding of the state. And Pauline O'Driscoll will perform the short play Home Rules. For tickets, and more information, email khaamuseum at gmail.com. If you have an event you would like mentioned, email the details to Cork Diary at 96fm.ie. The Cork Diary. With Tusla Fostering, now seeking foster carers from a diverse range of backgrounds in Cork. See fostering.ie. On Cork's 96fm. Just getting back to treatment abroad, we spoke to two women earlier on this morning who've had one a hip and the other a knee done in the last three or four weeks and they couldn't be happier and their story is just so good you'd hardly believe it. Antoinette says, delighted for Anne, it's a sad state of affairs that Irish people have to travel to another country for surgery when we could have, when we have state-of-the-art hospitals here. Kate says the European hospitals are super. Kevin was in hospital in Italy, he'd a hundred stitches, the treatment was unreal, everything was free, ultra-modern, and the surgeon rang him at 10 o'clock the next morning for a person-to-person call to know how he was feeling. That wouldn't happen in Ireland. And fair play to Anne, this is someone who knows her, fair play to Anne, I'm so delighted to hear her sounding so well, she's been through Helen back and both of our callers were almost emotional telling me about how good their experience had been. Jiving was big back in the day and it's back now just like the poverty. Oh God. Okay. 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 Now Khan, you wanted to talk about neutrality. We don't have a whole pile of time but fire away no, sir. PJ. Morning. Uh, neutrality is very important PJ and uh, the way our government leaders have been talking uh, interfering in the Ukraine Russia the conflict it, it's putting our neutrality at risk, and uh, you know I'm very angry over it. I, how dare they, 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 they come out on the airwaves there and, 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 and come intervening out. in what way, Con? 
look, they're coming out and calling for sanctions uh, against against Russia and the EU level. I mean, we're only a small, neutral country. It's just like, you know, we're only being used as puppets. Joe Biden rings up Michal Martin. Michal, would you ever do me a favour and ring more more sanctions? Against How Russia? do you know he did that, though? Well, <laughs> look, I, I, I've noticed anyway in our national broadcaster, they might as well not have a, a, an American news correspondent at all. They just should... Be, come straight from the Democratic Party and, headquarters. And, and are you are you talking about what Michal Martin said at the UN? Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm I am indeed, and I, I, we we don't know all the facts. Uh, there was a, since 2014. There's been a conflict going there in eastern Ukraine. Yes, and, and I, I, I've got a good authority that that the Russian uh, prisoners were were interrogated and, and tortured. Well, I mean, the, the, what's the good Ukraine authority now, Khan? What's good authority? A good authority, you know. I mean, we 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 don't get the the media, as you know, the media in Ireland is the main media. I mean, I was I couldn't praise the cock radio stations. Good man, good man, good man. He come out, he come out, and, and you try to get the two. But our national media, Dublin-based media, they're very biased. Right. Very biased. Do you know? Do you remember what? Do you remember what Archbishop Desmond Tutu said? Yes. If you remain, right. if you remain neutral when someone is being oppressed, you are on the side of the oppressor. No, 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 no. I, I, Ireland has played a key role in the United Nations peacekeeping yes. forces uh, over the last 40 or 50 years. And we, we're, we're, we're putting our soldiers at risk going into peacekeeping. The, 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 uh, it happened, actually, the late Brian Linnan. He came out and he, he recognised the PLO back in the 1970s, 80s. And within weeks, week, there was two Irish soldiers shot dead. I don't think now, you can connect the two. I remember no, the well, incidents. I, mean, look, I don't think well, any fairness can. It's not fair to stay neutral. It. You have to be neutral. You have to stay neutral. And what our, our politicians, our elected... Do, our, do, do, our, by our neutral, do you mean... By neutral, do you mean, Con? And I love talking to you, by the way. Do you, do you, by neutral, do you mean he should say nothing ever? No, well, I didn't say that. But, but, but it's very important. And I couldn't c- commend... The, the the president's wife and officer Sabine Cooney Higgins, I think. Goes completely it. agree with you. I completely uh, yeah. agree with you there. She came out and said, we have negotiation talking. There should be a... a Absolutely. Peace, and, but you know. you know and I know, and everybody knows really, Con, whether they'll admit it or not, the only, thing, the only way this will ever will be sorted is if is by people sitting down. You're right there. Yeah, no one disagrees yeah, yeah. with that. Yeah, well, but why are our uh, Taoiseach and, and, and things coming out kind of causing for more sanctions against Russia? I mean, it's just crazy. Like, I mean... They're taking one side. It's it's wrong. It's wrong. But and if you take the side I, of the if you if you if you stay neutral when a country is being oppressed, then you are on the side of the oppressor. No, no, I, I, I don't agree with that because we, we we haven't all the facts here. We haven't all the facts. I mean, what Russia, facts do you want? Russia bombing the life out of you, Ukraine. You, you, Ukraine was part of Russia for nearly it two was, years. It was. It was, and there's Russian-speaking people, and you there know is. that that Russia was banned from that part of Ukraine. The the, the, well, the Ukraine banned Russia's uh, TV program. I, I remember here. I remember hearing that. But you maintain anyway, Khan, that we're not neutral enough, and that the government are traipsing around our neutrality, and that it's not going to work out well for us in the long term. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're wrong. I don't know, Khan. Thank you for your call, though. I do appreciate it. It's where we finish today. Do you agree with Khan? Do you think that Michal Martin was wrong in what he said over at the United Nations where he described Russia as a rogue state? Was he wrong? Did you agree? Did you disagree? I don't know. But we can take it up again tomorrow if you want to. And we're back just after nine. Let me show you what it's all about. Send it out.
Simon Murdoch and the best music mix. Weekdays from midday on Cork's 96 FM. Vouchers, concert tickets, cash. I'm always looking after you with some giveaways. Thank you. Thrills over the moon. You've made my weekend. And I've got your favourite tunes across the afternoon every single day. Bring it on. Love that song. Good. I'm going to play for you right now. Belted out, These guys, they're here too. Ed Sheeran here. This is Adele. Hey, it's me, Justin Bieber. Best music and the best crack in the afternoon on your radio. Join me from 12. Simon Murdoch, midday to 4 p.m. With Sky VIP. At Sky, everyone's a VIP. Visit the VIP section of the MySky app to discover your rewards. On Cork's 96 FM. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.